0: It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There is only one more. There is only one. One more! That's it! One more! Get it around! No! They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up! Remember in the old days they used to have oxygen for Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this. this is the Sports Loudmouth. Yay! Man. Can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks and Speedy Beedy. You're not even a has-been. Here it never was! Here it never, never January was! January 18th,
1: 2023. You are listening to the Sports Loud Mouths. As you know, I'm Errol Marks, my co host, Speedy PD631. Six seven two thirty one zero eight is the number to call. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including our show, the Sports Mounts, which airs every single Wednesday at seven p.m. and Thursdays at nine p.m. Speedy, what's up, man? Well, as you can tell in my New York Giants gear, it is uh, Victory Wednesday, as
2: we like to call it, and I was very impressed with them. I celebrated that first Giants playoff win in a long, long time since their Super Bowl year, so I was very happy about that. And to top it all off, the L.A. Chargers give me another reason to call them the least clutch team in football. So, pretty good wild card weekend for it me. It was.
1: It was really good. Everybody that was out there watching the games at a sports bar, at home, hanging out and eating Doritos and eating cake and candy and having their buffet dinners, well, it was a lot of good games. Uh, all all the games this weekend were fantastic. Um, Two games that were kind of blowouts, obviously, the Cowboys versus Tampa and the San Francisco 49ers, the first game of the week. It it was the last game and the first game, but all the middle games were fantastic. It was back-and-forth football, and if you're a football fan, there's nothing you can say that was bad about this weekend. Everybody thought there were going to be blowouts here and blowouts there. It wasn't like that, so it was fun to watch. And I'm looking forward to this coming weekend. There's a lot of good football games Buffalo, the Bengals, obviously, everybody's looking forward to that. Kansas City versus the Jaguars, we'll get into that as a Jaguar sneak by the Chargers because it's just absolutely terrible coaching in the second half. Chargers getting a Charger. And then, obviously, we can go up and down the games, and we will. Uh, It was fantastic. It was a really good weekend. But a lot to get into. We were supposed to have former uh, Patriots, Jets, and Eagles wide receiver Rob Carpenter. He was supposed to join us. He will not be joining us tonight because of, obviously, uh, dealing with uh, you know work. Uh, he owns a store, and he works at a store, and a bunch of guys got sick, so he had to be and, and actually show up to his store. So shout-out to uh, Rob. We'll have him on next week uh, at, eight, at 8.30. We'll be talking to Duke starting quarterback, our friend. I wanted to get him on. As everybody knows, Daniel Jones is moving on to the divisional games. Uh, yeah, we have another Duke quarterback that could be a high draft pick next year if he has another one of uh, the good years that he had last uh, this past year, Riley Leonard. We're going to get into, obviously, what's next for Tom Brady and Lamar J- Jackson as they both were eliminated from the playoffs. Lamar did not play, uh, and as well as he shouldn't, he was protecting his legs uh, and his leg and his injury. Um, moving forward, uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff that he's posted up on Twitter today. Kind of insinuating he will not be back with the Baltimore Ravens next year. So a lot of questions have to be answered by Baltimore. Um, and, and if they don't bring a back, are they going to move up in the draft and try to find themselves a quarterback? Who knows? But a lot of, a lot of people thought that this was going to be a quarterback draft class. It really is down to three. There's really nothing that stands out besides the three quarterbacks. And really, some people say it's really down to two. Two so, of them
2: got hurt during the regular season. So that's not <laughs> ideal for them.
1: Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, Jim Harbaugh will return to Michigan. Uh, As everybody knows, he was thinking about taking the Broncos job, but some people thought he was interested in quite a few of the jobs that were available. Uh, He decided to go back to Michigan. But I I think he's starting to believe that that's where he's heading. If Michigan doesn't win the national championship next year, I think he is... Done with the Michigan Wolverines. But he will be back next year with Michigan. Saints GM Mickey Loomis says he wants a mid or late first round pick for Sean Payton. I don't know if that's going to happen. A lot of people say they could get a first round. I, I don't think they will. I think they will. it will fall to probably a second round pick. A second and a fourth or something like that. It'll be very interesting being that he's been out of football for a year. If a team's going to be willing to do that. um. Wild Card weekend we'll go through the games our thoughts through the games Flyers defenseman um I, if i could pronounce this right i'm i'm very bad Ivan Provorov yep, you got it uh refuses to participate in team's pride night ceremonies i i have no idea why he's doing that religious purposes is what he cited but jeez <laughs> uh nets say they are leaning towards giving Kyrie Irving a max contract at the end of the season i i think they're re- Ridiculous. I was going to use another word, but I'll I'll stay away from the word. But uh, big mistake. Big mistake. If you're if you're a net fan or you're a basketball fan, who wants to see Kyrie Irving honestly running running up and down the court uh, as a Brooklyn net? So that's just my opinion. So why don't we get into it? Um, Obviously, at 8.30, we'll be talking to Duke starting quarterback, Riley Leonard, a fan and a friend of the show, and I'm looking forward to him. He will be in the draft next year. He had a great season on Duke. He started his first year, his first full season. He's one of the leaders, the captain of the Duke Blue Devils, and obviously um, a guy that has a lot of faith in Daniel Jones, who uh, he was training with in the offseason. So it'll be fun getting Riley back on the show. Let's get into the – by the way, the New York Jets are also interviewing – they are interviewing Nathaniel Hackett today. Uh, Where do they go when it comes to their offensive coordinator position? Um, It'll be interesting. We will get into that a little bit later in the show too. We'll mention the Jets. There's really nothing to talk about the Jets right now because we're going into the offseason and they're playing golf or hanging out with their buddies or whatever the heck they're doing. Maybe they were having buffets and playing – yeah, you know, maybe, maybe everybody's trying uh, sauce is sauce. That's true. Maybe they're over there at Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, who knows? Maybe that's where sauce was. I can guarantee <laughs> you that. Free food, free sauce for sauce. Uh, and getting ready, by the way, first team, all pro. Uh, he's probably going to win a defensive rookie of the year. Uh, and he was fantastic all season long. He, he wants to go for the trifecta, he said, in the last Trifecta, he has been saying that he, wants to, he wanted the Pro Bowl, he wanted an All-Pro first team, and he said he wants to win uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. So I think he's going to get to Trifecta like he predicted and he wanted to do before the season started. So sh- a shout-out to Sauce Gardner, Quinton Williams, all the guys, uh, even the Giants. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, who had a fantastic weekend, too. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, so why don't we get into it? Uh, Tom Brady loses possibly his final game as a buccaneer this past weekend, Lamar Jackson decides uh not to play in uh the wild card weekend game against the Bengals. And I-, I believe that if Lamar Jackson played in the game, the Baltimore Ravens would be moving on. The Bengals did not have a good game, and we'll get into that a little bit later when we recap it. Uh, Joe Burrow did not have a good game. He really didn't. For a guy that for the last past eight weeks has been absolutely dominant and nobody could stop him offensively, I mean defensively, he just did not have a good game. And if Huntley didn't make that mistake trying to dive over the offensive line when they were clustering down the middle, I think Baltimore wins the game. I, I do not see the Bengals winning that game. But Lamar Jackson, obviously, Speedy, you've seen his posts. Uh, Do you have his posts up? I'm loading them. I I want everybody to understand, Lamar Jackson, over the last couple of months, has really been discreet about what he thinks about the Baltimore Ravens. He really has. Before the season started, he pretty much said his feelings, and if he didn't get a contract, he'd be looking elsewhere in the offseason. He is his own agent. They could franchise him in the offseason. It probably will. uh, But his value is probably worth two first-round draft picks. And that's the that's value for a top 10 quarterback. Is he an elite quarterback? I would say he's right there. I, I wouldn't say he's elite, but he's right there between 5 and 8, 5 and 9 in the NFL right now. And uh, if, he, if he does become a free agent or he does become available, I know a lot of people in Vegas thinks that the Jets are the favorites of getting him. I don't know if the Jets would be interested in going after Lamar Jackson for one reason. They would have to change their whole offense through Lamar. That whole offensive line could, could really be gone next year, except Elijah Vera Tucker and Lankin Tomlinson. They might be looking for different tackles, different center, because you need a very athletic center and very athletic, athletic tackles. Now, Makai backed him. If he comes back and he's healthy, he is athletic. Uh, but we don't know how healthy he's going to be coming back. He is 370 pounds, I heard. Uh, he lost about 50 pounds. He wants to lose another 20. Um, And then obviously Dwayne Brown, he's not as athletic as he was, you know, five or four years ago when he was an elite uh, tackle in the NFL. So Lamar Jackson, uh, even though he could become available, I don't think the Jets would be the favorites of getting him. I think the Miami Dolphins, being that he trains out there uh, in the offseason, he's from that area. It would make a lot of sense if Tua can't come back and he's not at 100%. Uh, Three concussions in one year, Would scare you if you're an NFL team and would scare a player because brain damage, CTE, all the different things that we've seen over the years. We've had ex-NFL players talk about CTE and the concussions that cause those uh, implications. So I don't know if, obviously, Tua will be back next year. Now, they have... Uh, obviously, uh, an explosive offense and Tyreek Hill and and Waddle and then obviously Mostert, who had a Mostert who had a very good second half of the season. He was as good as any running back in the league. Um, Lamar Jackson would be a very interesting pickup. For for the Miami Dolphins, if he becomes available, I still don't think he will. I think somehow Baltimore will settle with him. But do you have uh, the information? Do you All have right. So Twitter? Lamar Lamar Jackson, and
2: this was the, the deleted tweet uh, from. The, thank you to the New York Post. He, uh, it, when you have something good, you don't play with it. You don't take chances losing it. You don't neglect it. When you have something good, you pour into it. You appreciate it because when you take care of something good, that good thing takes care of you too. Mm-hmm. With with a prayer icon, and then he also. On his own Twitter, this one's still up. He was also thanking a lot of the fans that were uh, supporting and concerned regarding my injuries. Uh, he's still in the recovery process. Uh, PCL grade 2 sprain on the borderline of a sprained 3 is what he says. There's still inflammation surrounding my knee, and the knee remains unstable. I'm still in good spirits and with treatments on the road to recovery. Uh, I wish I could be out there with my guys more than anything, but I can't give a 100% of myself, my guys, and my fans. I'm still hopeful we have a chance.
1: It's very interesting if Lamar Jackson... Goes back to the Baltimore Ravens. He could look elsewhere. The Baltimore Ravens might want to part ways with him and try to find a quarterback that fits their the way they want to run their offense. When John Harbaugh obviously uh, took over, I mean, he was there, but... Obviously, decided to move forward with Lamar Jackson when they drafted him at number thirty in the first round a couple of years ago. He had to change everything. He had to change the way he coached, changed the way he wanted to run his offense. Uh, if you remember the quarterback before Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco, he was a pocket-present quarterback that liked the, who had a big, strong arm. That's the way John Harbaugh liked to run his offense. If you remember Jim Harbaugh, that's the type of quarterback he was. So uh, it, it's interesting. Moving forward, if if John Harbaugh, being that he is uh, probably going to be up f- to be the coach at the end of next season. Now, he did sign a new contract about two years ago. I think he's up in another year from next year. I, I still believe that if John Harbaugh doesn't get out of the first round next year, he's probably going to be fired. It, this is a team that expects to win. They haven't won in a very long time. The last time they won, what was it, 2012. Uh, two years
2: ago, they beat the Titans, but they barely. I'm talking by about that game. going
1: to the Super Bowl. Yeah, 2012. It was 2012 yep. when they won with Joe Flacco. That's that's ten years ago. Mm-hmm. You have to win. It's a it's a win now situation for John Harbaugh. So they have a quarterback. They need to add some weapons around him because they don't have any. Uh, they have one Andrew Mark Andrews, who's a fantastic player, but he's a tight end. They they were trying to run him in, in tight end, tight end. I mean, all, wide receiving formations uh, last week, uh, this past week against the Bengals. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for a six foot five, two hundred and eighty pound tight end, two hundred and sixty pound tight end. He's fast for a tight end. He is not a wide receiver. And they did, They need to add wide receiving help. There's a lot of teams that need wide receivers. There's not many that are going to be available. Uh, that's why I think Hopkins is going to be so very important in the off season for a lot of teams. The Giants, the Titans might be interested in him. Yeah, I heard that. So um, going him going back to the Titans. All right, why not the Baltimore Ravens, another team that could be very – they like to bring in veteran wide receivers. <laughs> I was going to say, that fits their pattern perfectly. <laughs> I mean, there could be a lot of teams lining up for – and he is the best wide receiver that's going to be available in the offseason. It's not even close. I mean, Corey Davis, maybe number two. I mean, he is not going back to the Jets. The Jets have their youngsters. They don't really need Corey Davis. So I think he'll be available. But there's not. There might be teams that drop players, but nobody elite that are going to be available in the offseason, except maybe Hopkins, who I still think is an elite wide receiver. I do. When he came back this year with Arizona, he was catching a ball. He was doing everything that you expected him to do. Uh, He's going to your Jets, buddy. Uh, Lamar Jackson is not going to the Jets. Uh, Everything that I've read, I obviously know that Joe Douglas uh, loves Lamar Jackson. He was a part, I think, at the time when they drafted him, or he was just leaving. It was last year when they drafted Lamar Jackson. I don't believe the Jets are going to be willing to give up two first-round draft picks for Lamar Jackson and then change their whole offense. Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers are the two guys that I've been hearing that they're going to be most fitting uh, when it comes to the offense, if they bring in Nathaniel Hackett, you know they're bringing in Aaron Rodgers. It makes a lot of sense. Um, if uh, Derek Carr comes in, they might wait until they bring in Derek Carr before they sign or bring in an offensive coordinator to see who Derek wants to work with. So it, Zach Wilson, we all know this. Zach Wilson will be backing up whoever they bring in in the offseason. It's not going. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I, it's a foregone conclusion. Jimmy is not even on the Jets' wish list yeah so he was probably more with Florida anymore I think it's more I think it's more of a wish list for him going back to the Patriots if he becomes available Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense Uh, they're looking obviously Mac Jones has fallen off maybe they they move Jimmy in as their number one guy Mac sits the bench for a year or two and let Jimmy run that offense and maybe it gives them the the Patriots a better chance Um, Tom Brady is a very interesting you know quarterback that could be available now I do not believe he'll go back to the Buccaneers. I don't know if he's coming back next year. He did get a 350 million dollar contract from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, a 350 million dollar contract from the Fox from Fox Sports to be the play-by-play guy moving for, moving forward. A lot of people thought that Sean McVay was going to step down and be his uh his counterpart this year. Uh, But that's not going to happen. Sean has already come back and said that he is coming back. I've heard Mike LaFleur is joining his team, his coaching squad. So good luck on Mike LaFleur. He'll probably be a wide receiver coach if they make him the offensive corner. Good luck to them. Um, The interesting thing with Tom Brady is, does he believe he has more left in him to play? I believe Tom Brady likes the competition. I think Tom Brady believed that he could win on Monday. I just they think they played a dominant defense that wanted to dominate in that game. And Micah Parsons was all over the place. Uh, Lawrence was all over Van Der couldn't run the ball down the middle. Uh, that defense, if they play like that, they have a chance against the 49ers this coming week. They do. But they have to play like that. Tight and, and, and after the quarterback, a young quarterback like Brock Purdy, if they have a chance. But Tom Brady... He could be available. Now, some people say he might be interested in going back to the Patriots and doing one more year, making one more run with the Patriots, as they have a lot of money to spend in the offseason. They have, I think, second most in all of the NFL. So that that could be a a good place for Tom Brady to make a run if they add some wide receiving help and some offensive line help in the offseason. Maybe Tom Brady goes back there. There's another team that fits, I think, where Tom Brady would fit naturally is the Las Vegas Raiders with Adams there and Renfro, who they, Brady loves those small, tight, you know, route running wide receivers. I think Renfro, Waller, he he hasn't had a a tight end as good as Waller. I don't even, really since Gronkowski. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, and Gronkowski obviously hasn't been that, that guy for the last couple of years. And that's why he retired. But that would fit the offense. It's just Vegas needs to figure out what they're doing with that defense.
2: It also would surprise me if he does end up going to the Raiders and maybe Gronk follows him. Remember, he was supposed to be rumored to come out of retirement in the middle of the season this year. But Tampa was
1: doing so bad, so there's like, yeah, nah, there's no point in doing that. If Purdy doesn't get this team into the Super Bowl, even though they like him and they they obviously have Trey Lance and those two are going to be fighting for the starting quarterback position – and honestly, if I were them, I'd trade Trey Lance. I actually saw something earlier today, too, that because
2: Tennessee hired one of the uh, 49ers executives as their new GM now, too. Uh, Trey Lance was posting something very interesting, too, maybe implying that he might want to force his way out with everything going on with Purdy. So maybe there's inklings that at least Purdy is going to be, if, if he's not the backup for a guy like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, if he comes in,
1: then the uh, the starter next year again. The only place I see Aaron Rodgers going, it, and Aaron Rodgers came out and said he doesn't know what's going to happen to his future, but there is a belief that Aaron Rodgers is going to play one more year.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking so. So
1: I, I, I do believe that. And uh, the Jets probably is on his radar, obviously, because he likes Robert Sala, and he knows if they bring in Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, it all makes sense on why they're bringing in Nathaniel yeah. Hackett, is to bring Aaron Rodgers in it to run this offense. Or he goes to San Francisco. Now, if San Francisco doesn't win with Brock Purdy, and I don't think they will, okay? I like San Francisco. They might make the Super Bowl. And, yes, I never said I think Purdy. When I said stinks, I didn't mean stinks. I don't think he's any good, okay? He, he fits the offense. He's beaten nobody. He beat Seattle. Look at the teams that he's beaten this year. He beat, he beat the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't even think they started Derek Carr in that game. No, there was a shootout with Jared Sidham having a great game. Uh, okay, so he didn't even play in that game. So, uh, Washington, they stink. Who did they beat this year? Tampa and the Cardinals. Tampa stinks and the Cardinals stink. Okay, two teams that stink. All right, they beat nobody. All right, who did they beat? Who did he beat? He beat, no, he beat Seattle in this game. That's That's probably his biggest win so far of the season. Now, the questions are. Is Brock Purdy the guy? Now, only time will tell going into this playoff. He might be in the future, but if they don't win this year with Brock Purdy, they're not going to go into the offseason saying, okay, we could still win with Brock Purdy. They're going to have to look at the big picture here. Their team's getting older, and it is. And next year, there's going to be a lot of free agents. And they're not going to be able to pay all those defensive players. So a lot of those guys are going to be gone after next year. And that's the problem. You have a certain window of winning. And if Kyle Shanahan can't get over the Kyle Shanahan, the, the time is ticking. Everything is, the clock is ticking. Everybody keeps saying, well, he got Purdy. Purdy was drafted. He was the final pick of the draft last year. Okay? Maybe he got lucky. Maybe Purdy is good. Maybe, he is, maybe he's, he's a guy that can they can work in as a starting quarterback for the future. If Kyle Shanahan is there. But if Kyle Shanahan's not there, you really think Brock Purdy is the future of the San Francisco 49ers? He's not. He's not. I don't know. I I love, I listen to Josh Silverbrook. I listen to Keith Rooney, who's a good friend and and father figure. I, I know they like him. He is not going to be the future of this team if Kyle Shanahan's not there. It's not going to happen. He's small. He has a good arm, not a great arm. He's accurate, but how accurate is he when, when, when the pressure comes on him? He's never played a defense that's put pressure on him where he has had, had to force throws and make throws in really weird spots. He's never been in those predicaments. And when, when he does play maybe San Francisco or even Dallas this week, uh, now, yeah, he might beat Dallas. He could. How good is Dallas? How good is Dallas' offense? Honestly, I, I, I'm not... So fine with what I've watched uh, uh, when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. I've watched them uh di- different games this year. Their running game is there are games that they can run the ball and then there are games that they can't. And there are games that they can throw the ball and there are games that they can't. There, there's no consistency with the Dallas Cowboys. Defensively, the last couple of weeks they weren't consistent. This week against Tampa. They were consistent. And by the way, they beat a very good defense. This was a good defense, a healthy defense going into this game. They they practically had all their defensive players. And they beat a team that was ranked 7th or 8th in all defense this year. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they didn't beat a good defense. Tom Brady couldn't put up the points. That offense couldn't put up the points. They couldn't protect them. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't do anything.
2: And as a result, they fired Byron Leftwich today,
1: Byron Leftwich is gone. And that means Tom Brady is gone. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady is not going to come back. He has a good relationship with Byron Leftwich. And that's a guy I think the Jets should look at. Byron yeah. Leftwich.
2: I I also said I also think too I would be surprised if Byron Leftwich, whether it's the Raiders or the Patriots maybe cuz they're looking for an offensive coordinator, if they want to use it as a tactic to bring in Brady too. Don't be surprised if they shake up their coaching staff. Now, I don't know if McDaniel's and Leftwich would I match. think
1: O'Brien's going there. Yeah, it, it's possible. Everybody but- that I everything that I've read O'Brien's interested in going back into the NFL. He wants to coach again in the NFL. Why not go to the Patriots for a year and then maybe show that he can change his offense for one year, get this team in the playoffs, make a run with them? Whoever is the quarterback of the team, and then he gets another job.
2: Mm-hmm. I, again, I will have to see if they use that as a tactic because yes, Bill Belichick does love using his own guys, bringing his own guys back for that. I also could see though if he if they really do want Brady that much to come back for one for one more year. Go back to where he started. Why not hire Byron Leftwich as well, and and Bill O'Brien? Maybe they have just uh they had two non-offensive coordinators last nah, year. No, they're maybe, not going to do that. Maybe two go to offensive coordinators this year to try to at least seal it if they really want Brady back. I don't know how badly they do. I don't. Belichick doesn't really operate like that, so I'm not sure if they're going to push I think for that. Hard.
1: Uh, Bill O'Brien's getting the job. It, 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 there is, the only way Bill O'Brien doesn't get the job is if Bill, Bill O'Brien don't want to come back. Okay. He wants to stay in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Now he want. I've heard and I've read some stories. That he wants to come back to the NFL. He wants to coach again in the NFL. I, I think he, he feels that he fits the NFL and the way the NFL game is played. He likes working with, obviously, Saban and and and, and having a chance to win a national championship every single year. But I think he wants to coach, and he's never going to get that Alabama job. So uh, I think eventually... Somebody's going to give him an opportunity. I think Bill O'Brien is good offensive coordinator. Fantastic. I just don't know if he's a good head coach. Yeah, and he,
2: his head coaching tenure was very weird. He had some good years where he did well with a lot of bad quarterbacks and got the Texans into the playoffs that way. But then there were other years with Deshaun Watson that his play calling kind of held Deshaun Watson back in, to an extent, and they really didn't build the team well. And then when he became GM, forget about it. No, he ruined that team. They yeah, ruined that team where, where it's decimated right now. He's not
1: Bill Belichick. No. And, and, and there's not many people
2: like Bill Belichick. No, so, so, so many teams. Teams have tried that, too, and you saw that with Chip Kelly and the Eagles, too, where the Eagles just got in the way, and they started to trade pieces just to get their own guys, allegedly, and some guys don't deserve that power. Bill O'Brien was never a good enough head coach to deserve that kind of power by any means, and we'll see if they, he ends up taking an NFL job. Who knows? Maybe he gets a college head coaching job, too. Who knows?
1: I don't know what's going to happen to both Tom Brady or Lamar Jackson. What I do know is both guys could still play. Lamar Jackson is a star. Oh, yeah. And Tom Brady, I mean, you look at Tom Brady's numbers. They were still fantastic. Top five numbers in the league with a team offensively that wasn't really that good. Especially their offensive line. Uh, yes. They were horrible. But he, if he goes to the Patriots, if he goes to the Raiders, they'll build the team around him. Sean, John, uh, obviously, McDaniels over there, uh, he'll have a chance to, to connect again with him. And maybe Josh McDaniels and him can make a run next year in a very interesting division. Obviously, a different Broncos team, a Chiefs team that's still dominant, and a Chargers team that, for some reason, wants to bring back their coach,
2: and for some reason, uh, loves to blow twenty-seven nothing leads in playoff
1: games. We'll get into that. That, <laughs> that was just absolutely ridiculous. And I, I, told you, after going into the second half, I don't know if I texted you. I said, "You watch the Chargers are going to lose this game." <laughs> I, it just it, everything was fitting to watch the Chargers absolutely blow a game that they were dominating in the first half. Just because they gave Trevor Lawrence confidence. Mm-hmm. And when you give a rookie quarterback, it's like, it, it, it's amazing when you see a young quarterback that just has no fear, okay? And a lot of these quarterbacks over the years, Mark Sanchez did that with the Jets. He had no fear because nobody expected them to win. Mm-hmm. And it, going into this game against Kansas City, nobody expects the Jaguars to win. So who knows? Maybe Trevor Lawrence pulls off the impossible and wins this game. Mm-hmm. It, we've seen this before. Uh, Josh Allen did it against Kansas City last year. If If the overtime actually had Josh Allen go down the field after Kansas City scored a touchdown, who knows? Maybe Josh Allen wins that game. And that's why they have the new Josh Allen rule in the in, in overtime now. The,
2: the Jags did it in 2017 too. They they they, just, they blew out the Steelers. They were a way better team than them at the time. And then the Patriots. They should have won that game if the referees didn't screw Miles Jack yeah. out of that uh, that fumble recovery that could have been a touchdown or at least a red zone opportunity. Uh, Keith says the Raiders would be a great fit. Uh, you could feel that Jacksonville was going to win. And Chip Kelly, LMAO, what a clown. Yes, when he became a GM, that was not a good sign. But yeah, the Ra- like Arrow was saying, the Raiders have a
1: lot of prototypes that are very similar to what I like. Brady Chip- likes. I like. Chip- Kelly I do I like him a lot as a college coach as an NFL coach even though he he has a winning record as an NFL coach I think Chip, the way he runs his offense, is more for college. It's not yeah. NFL style. He, he's doing, he did a great job with UCLA this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, UCLA, UCLA next year will be absolutely contender uh, for the top four teams in the nation. I, I think they're right there on the cusp of doing something great. The, next year is going to be a very open year. It's not going to be next year when they're, they're opening up the playoff. I think it's the it's year the after. Two years, it's, yeah. it's, it's the year after. But Chip Kelly's going to have a chance to win a national championship. He almost did it with Oregon. So I think he will. Now, he is a good college guy. He absolutely is. But Jim Harbaugh, the stories were going around that he was very interested in the Broncos job. And and while we were speaking about it last week, I really believed that the Broncos were going to announce him as the head coach uh, before the weekend's end. I don't know what happened when he went to visit. Uh, Obviously, maybe the fact that they don't have a first-round draft pick for the next two years, probably, or the next year, uh, is scaring them. Well, they do,
2: but it's late. It's the Niners fix. Yeah,
1: but it, it scares them. Uh, and Russell Wilson, maybe they don't – he doesn't believe in Russell Wilson. Who knows? This team lost uh, some valuable pieces at the trade deadline. Uh, maybe that's something that he was looking at uh, as as the open opportunity to take in a job like this. I just think that the only team that he was interested in coaching was probably the Broncos, and when he sat down with the new ownership, he just didn't like how it was run, how it's being run. So I, I think he decided to go back to Michigan. I do believe he will take a job in the next year or so. I, I do. I think he's going to wait another year. He's going to do. He's going to. He, he's going to go out there and and recruit, and maybe he'll get some good players in the portal this off season. But all in all, if they don't win a national championship next year, they're never winning the national championship. So yeah,
2: there's two years left on Harbaugh's Michigan contract that he signed in 2019. After the 2018 year where they should have beaten Ohio State and everybody thought he was going to get fired. Up Maybe on he's that. waiting for the Miami job to open. Maybe it's it's possible. And that's what I was kind of getting at with the Broncos too. You we we saw this in the NBA with the Clippers when uh, after Donald Sterling uh, got got forced out of uh, had to sell the team and Steve Ballmer came in and bought the team. It took a while for them to get good head coaches because they just didn't have. That That reputation. Then they made a trade to get Doc Rivers. They had to trade two first-round picks. And And, and there's
1: another team that might fire their coach next year. If Robert Sala doesn't get the Jets in the playoffs... You know damn well Woody, uh, Woody Johnson loves Jim Harbaugh. Oh, yeah. And he will absolutely go all in on Jim Harbaugh in the offseason next year if, if they decide to fire Robert Sala. I hope they don't. I hope Robert Sala, Robert Sala and the Jets get it right this offseason. Find a, uh, a veteran quarterback to take over this team and move forward with a, a pretty good young team that is definitely capable of making the playoffs next year in the AFC. Now going back to the Broncos, they have to still kind of earn that reputation
2: back because yeah, they have Russell Wilson. Yeah, they still have a pretty good roster, not great. but I think they're good. Yeah, but still, they have to kind of earn that trust back. They're in a hard in, division. In, in order for that to make it work, because again, like I said, with the Clippers, they were a rising team, but they were still the they were still the second team of LA. There were still other teams in the Western Conference. that and were And Kawhi better Leonard,
1: them. they brought him in, and he couldn't stay healthy. And well, now out for yeah, two five, years.
2: five years later. But when they first bought the team, and t- when Bomber first bought the team in 2014, they had that. Lob City, Blake Griffin, CP3, DeAndre oh, Jordan team. and But, again, they kept choking in the playoffs. They had to get that reputation. The same kind of thing with the Broncos, where you're looking at a case of they have the talent. It's just a matter of can they put it together. And they've had that for a while. For years, people thought, okay, they're a quarterback away. And all of a sudden, not the case. And... Now you're eight years gone by where they missed the playoffs. They can't just bank on a flashy bet in order to make that kind of thing work. And that's the same kind of thing with a lot of the other teams that are pursuing them. The Panthers were another team that was rumored to get him. The Raiders a couple of years ago were rumored to get him. But again, they could, they could do it based on ownership, value, and money all they want. But they can't do it just solely based on lust of that kind of job. And same kind of thing what you were saying with Miami. You don't want these owners to get their egos too stuck up with the no, team. No, and I think
1: Jim Harbaugh is a big name. And everybody is going to look at him as a guy that could be the savior of their organization. Jim Harbaugh, when he was there with San Francisco, the four years that he was there, he was a winner. Even with the team falling apart, when Patrick Willis decided to retire and Bolin, a young linebacker, everybody thinks, thought was going to be a star oh, yeah. in the league, decided he to retire fantastic. after a year because of the whole CTE thing. Uh, it absolutely hurt his defense and, and the way he ran his defense. So, uh, And then, obviously, Colin Kaepernick and, and the craziness that was happening over there. Not after the fact that he left, but there was stuff going in and out of the locker room that people weren't liking uh, with the Colin Kaepernick situation. So I, I I don't I don't know what's going to happen moving forward, but I do believe this is the last year for the. Michigan Wolverines to make a run with Jim Harbaugh. I think he there will be teams lining up for him in the offseason, especially if he goes to another chance to win a national championship, which he could.
2: Which they should be able to do because Ohio State's going to lose their players, a lot.
1: And a lot of their players
2: are coming back next year. A ton of their players, including their entire offensive line, is coming back next year. So... And Ohio State's losing a lot, so they should have the best odds in the Big Ten, especially, but also as a powerhouse to be a top-three team again to be able to do it. question is, can they do well in the playoff? Their defense, which has been a very good defense for the last two years, has struggled in both games so far. So, again, if Harbaugh... Waits that out one more year because he's got two more years left in the contract. But yeah, there's definitely always still a possibility just because he is the flashy hire of them going for that.
1: Hey Kenny, what's up, man? Uh, little Kenny Rayner uh, or big Kenny Rayner, six foot five. You know, uh, loves to uh, loves to be Kenny. As uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to kill Kenny because I, I love Kenny. But uh, you know, he's kind of he's he's got to try to stay away from those geese. That's what he has. to treat. Uh yes, he yes. does. But uh, I, I love Kenny. Uh, yes, we're taking calls. Can you, you can call. You could call. Um, the Saints and Mickey Loomis say that they're, they want a first-round draft pick for a guy like Sean Payton. I don't know if they're going to get a first-round draft pick for Sean Payton. He's been out of the game for a year. And yes, he's 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 obviously the big name that's going to be available. Does he want to go there? That's the question. Wherever wherever the possible opportunities are lying, with the Carolina Panthers or the Arizona Cardinals or any of those teams that are going to be available, maybe the Broncos. Are they willing? Now the Broncos don't have a first. Well, they do have a first round. They have San it's Francisco. Late first
2: round pick. I, he says that'll that work.
1: Take, yeah, which it'll take. Yeah. which that would make sense. Why the Broncos would do that? You They're going to have to go- now to try. Why? Well, not? Why not? Yeah. I mean, they don't have anything else. So. Uh, but here's the question. Are they willing to give him the GM job? I think Arizona will be interested. I think the Carolina Panthers would be interested in giving him uh, the reign of that. I I think, obviously, moving forward, it has to be something where Sean Payton thinks it fits where he wants to go. Now, the quarterback play, uh, Sam Darnold over there, is that where uh, – are they going to draft the quarterback? Now, it could be interesting because – Carolina is a top five pick, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're eighth or ninth. Oh, really? Are they eighth yeah. or ninth? Because they finished seven and ten. They well, almost... look that up. Look yeah. at—I I thought they were a top five team, but they—they they might have a chance to get one of those quarterbacks or move up in the draft to get one of the quarterbacks that they really, really want. Uh, uh, John Ferris says, "Hey guys, Lamar, where does he end up? Franchise tag with Baltimore. They are going to franchise tag him, John, a hundred percent, as we were t- uh, speaking about a little while ago. They're going to franchise him. Where does he end up?" I still think he ends up with Baltimore. I I think one way or another, the Baltimore Ravens will give him what he wants. They're going to have to because after watching Huntley screw it up in the playoffs when they had a chance to beat the Bengals, and who knows if they beat the Bengals, who do they match up against? Kansas City. Yeah, I I, I and I think they match up very well against Kansas City too. They beat him last year,
2: so it's definitely possible. Uh, yeah, Panthers are picking ninth in this year's draft. Um.
1: It's interesting. Now the the Jets, John. The Jets are. What what is he saying? Been uh, hearing.
2: Been hearing. Uh, don't kind of Peyton returning to Saints and bringing Brady with him. I I did hear that too. But now they said they they're keeping their coach. They're
1: they're not bringing back Sean Payton. Now Sean Payton, uh, I think makes a lot of sense. I think the best fit for him right now. I, I thinking the L.A. Chargers would have been a great fit for him. Justin Herbert and him over there, fantastic and. and Obviously, that, that's a place that Drew Brees came from, uh, and he he understands, I, I think he understands how to get Justin Herbert to play at the top top of his game, and probably makes that whole team better, offensively especially. Um, but Arizona is the team that I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, you have Kyler Murray over there, they have a decent defense that just needs to be worked on in the front seven, I think that's something that, that they need to find in the offseason, maybe in the draft, find themselves a good pass rusher. Or, or two decent pass rushers. That I think th- that's what they need. Their offensive line played okay this year. Uh, they weren't 100 percent healthy. Uh, they have John Carner there. They have some weapons there where I think Sean Payton would be a great fit to Arizona, and he'll he'll get the he'll get the GM job as the GM is gone now too. Right. He so he'll, he'll step get away both for
2: health reasons. He'll so. get
1: both. He didn't step away from health. He he stepped away because he was going to get fired. He was going to be fired. He was there for 20 years. You think that they were going to keep them there? This was a horrible year. A team that made the playoffs, that got knocked out against the LA Rams. Yes, they won the Super Bowl last year, but it was an embarrassing loss. I cannot, I repeat, I cannot see, uh, I could not see them bring back the same GM and the same coach. Now, I, I, I think, uh, what's his name again? The coach of... Um, Arizona. Kingsbury. Kingsbury was. is a guy that a lot of teams were interested in bringing in as an offensive coordinator. He turned down the Jets. He turned down everybody that was interested in him. He's going to Tokyo or something. Thailand, a Thailand a or something. <laughs> he bought a one-way ticket. He bought a one-way ticket. I think he's single, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure. It doesn't seem that. like he's uh, with okay, anybody or funny. married anybody. Um, he's going to Thailand, and he, he, he doesn't seem like he wants an offensive coordinator job. Nope. He might sit in the offseason. A lot of people thought he was the favorite of getting the Patriots job, yeah. being that uh, he was drafted by the Patriots. But... Uh it's going to be interesting. What does he say? What did John Ferris say?
2: Uh, John Ferris asks, uh, what does Chicago do with that number one pick, and do they trade fields? They should not trade fields whatsoever. Do you want me to tell
1: you what they're going to do? And this is a very smart move. They're okay. going to trade out of that pick. Yeah, they should. Absolutely. They're going to trade with the Texans. The Texans, what, are two? Trade? Uh, Texans are two, yep. So you trade with the Texans, let them move to number one. You get the number two pick. You still get Anderson, and you get a couple more picks. You get a. You probably get a second-round draft pick. Yeah. And you get more for the dollar because you're obviously not drafting a quarterback. And then at two, you might say, you know what? I'm going to trade out at two and get more. Yeah, you're, you see what you're. I still get Anderson.
2: What you're describing is exactly what the Niners did. Whatever everyone thought they were going to take Trubisky, and then they manipulated the Bears into giving them extra picks. And if Chicago plays their hand right, they definitely could do that. Uh, John Sugg says, "You think the new Titans' new GM keeps Vrabel? Yeah, I yes. do. I don't think Vrabel did anything. Like, obviously the collapse was he's bad, one but of the I, better.
1: He's one of the better I, coaches. I, I, I don't in think
2: the that was all on him. I, you look at a lot of the injuries that they had on the defensive side of the ball. Their defense
1: still hung tough as it was in a lot of those. games. He's one of the better coaches in the NFL, yeah, I and I think he's a great." Defender. Defensive mind And what he likes to do and how the Titans run their defense, they're still one of the elite defenses in the league. So uh, bringing back Vrabel makes a lot of sense. They need to find themselves a quarterback. Right. That's what they need to do. And they were
2: another dark horse for Brady as well, too. Now, how likely is that? Aaron Rodgers is
1: a a pretty good pick, too. He did buy that house in Tennessee last year, last offseason. Everybody thought that Tennessee was going to be very interested in him. They decided not to make a move for him. They brought Tannehill back. Tannehill's gone. Uh, and they don't believe in Malik Willis because guess what? They had to bring in a third string quarterback, a fourth string quarterback, uh, for off of waivers to start the last two games. So it, obviously, you don't believe in Malik Willis and think that Malik, Malik Willis is is two years or a year away yeah. from taking over this team. So they, Aaron Rodgers could be a good fit for them. Tom Brady could be a good fit for him. Maybe Lamar Jackson if if he becomes available. Tennessee has been known over the last couple of years. Uh, to trade away pieces and trade away picks. They so, do they do love running quarterbacks too. So I guess they could be
2: a dark horse that isn't on the radar. I mean Lamar Jackson, the betting odds for him did not feature the Titans in in that mix, but No, the Jets are the number 1 team. The Jets are the number 1 team if uh the Ravens were if the Ravens get rid of them, the Ravens were minus 200 to keep them, but like you were saying, the Jets are the number 1 team. The Atlanta the was be The Jets number are the two, number 1 Raiders team. The
1: Jets are the number 1 team for all the quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, he will be they will be the number 1 team if he becomes available. I don't think Tom Brady, I cannot see them bringing in Tom Brady. That would make the Jet fan go crazy, bringing in Tom Brady. I know it's the goat or whatever everybody calls him. They're not bringing in Tom Brady. It doesn't make sense. Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, those are the three guys. I don't see Jimmy. Jimmy G is either going to stay back with San Francisco and come back next year as the starting guy or the backup for a Purdy and Trey Lance if they decide to trade him. Or uh, Jimmy Garoppolo will go back to the Patriots. That's where I think Jimmy's going. I, I, I don't... And he will go back where he understands the offense and he knows the offense. And it makes sense. Uh, maybe, maybe McDaniels, too. Mm-hmm. He can go over there. He knows
2: McDaniels' offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Ferris also said Lance QB from 49ers wants to go to the Titans. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier, John. He did post a tweet uh, with his uh, fingers crossed with,
1: with He's not going Rand Carthen, the GM. They're going to need a first-round draft pick for Trey Lance. They're not going to give him up for nothing. <laughs> Trey Lance, a couple of years ago, was a top-five pick. You think they're just going to say sayonara?
2: Yeah, again, it's going to be very tough for that kind of thing to happen because the Titans, their draft pick's in the middle, so again, it's possible, but it's still going to be very hard for that to, to garner any value. Plus, again, we don't know what the Niners are thinking at the moment with the draft because who says that the, the sagas with Brady and with Aaron Rodgers, especially who has to be traded, doesn't drag out longer too because the Niners are the big link to both of them. By the way, Kenny has arrived. Kenny, what's up, man? Uh,
3: what did you guys think of the show?
2: I heard the first twelve minutes. Uh, it was interesting. You guys talking about the Chargers choking, which I loved. And you're
1: all Giant fans, as we heard. I, it seems like you all were on Gi- the Giants' jockstrap. So uh, that's something that you guys have to you have to figure out. How to go back and forth and argue your points on why you thought the Giants. Oh, I'm
3: definitely not. Being the Giants, Josh Rupp. This week, they're definitely not going to win.
1: Well, I, I wouldn't say they're not going to win. It, the whole question is: Is Jalen Hurts a hundred percent? And he's probably not, not
3: going to win next week. If they be, if they win this week, they're definitely not going to beat San Francisco. That's I don't. know. First
1: of all, who's saying that San Francisco is going to beat Dallas? Because mm. uh, honestly, I don't. I don't trust Brock Purdy. I don't I don't care what anybody says. Go Josh look could at Dallas. That
3: definitely who... be Dallas.
1: Dallas that's fine. But Dallas Dallas could win next week. I'm not saying that they will. I mean this week. Dallas could absolutely win this week against San Francisco. Are they probably not? Do I trust Brock Purdy? I don't know. I don't know. And I have to see what Dallas could do. How how are going to use their packages on the defensive line? Where are they going to put Micah Parsons? Are they going to put him on the edge? Are they going to put him inside so they could stop the run? Because you know they like to run the ball. So, so
3: did, did you guys like the show enough?
2: Again, the part I heard, the part I heard, it was enjoyable for me because you guys were bashing the Chargers.
3: Okay. We I like talk Jets at the end. If you watch the endpoint, we did talk a little Jets.
1: Yes, I watched a little bit of your show, Kenny. Uh, you're a very interesting cat. Uh, you had two guys. But you guys are more Homer guys. I, I I heard a lot of Giants conversation. And I don't mind you talking about the Giants. The Giants, fantastic win. We'll be talking about the Giants in just a little while. We'll go through all the games and our thoughts through the games. I, I just feel like you have, to, you have to understand the way these teams match up. Just because they match up. Just because it looks like this team could be better on paper. And, and even though the Giants were not better on paper. Minnesota was better on paper. Yeah. A lot of people so thought... A lot of people thought that the, the Minnesota didn't beat anybody good this year. And Minnesota, out of all the teams this year and all the wins that they had, they were like single-digit wins. They they beat teams by three points, two points, four points. They didn't really dominate yeah, in any of their games. Their they didn't really dominate in any of their games, and they shouldn't have beaten the Jets. So, I mean, oh, a lot of a lot of a lot of the, lot of the games now. The Giants, I can agree give the,
3: with you on one thing. I saw a Jets game. The Jets should have won that game. They so should agree have won the on game. that.
1: So, what is Sean Suggs saying
2: over here? Uh, John says no, no one thinks the Giants don't have a chance if, if Giants do a good job at the run game, which Eagles struggle at stopping the run. That's true. Yeah, they are uh, down I, I for this. I agree their with standards. them, so I'm
3: not totally hanging them. I'm just saying on paper, doesn't look like they're going to win. That's all.
2: No, the Giants aren't going to win any games it's,
1: on paper. They're, all, the, all their wins are going to come yeah. without coaching teams. <laughs> Jalen Hurts is really the answer for them. If Jalen Hurts is 60%, 70%, the Giants have a chance. If he's 80%, they don't, have, they don't stand a chance. Because they're not going to stop Jalen Hurts on but the you run. Know,
3: you know, like, people sometimes get sacked. This does happen, that's all.
1: You also see Johnson coming back this week. Right. And Philadelphia's offensive line is the best in football. Right. They've been the best in football all season long. And if they're healthy, they're going to give Jalen Hurts some time to throw the ball and, and, and really nick them apart. The question is, going into the game, are the Giants going to have a game plan? Is Dexter Lawrence going to be dominating in the middle like he did, uh, you know, in, in week one in the wild Card championship, uh, in the wild Card super wildcard weekend, doing what he did against Minnesota? Minnesota has a good offensive line. They're a good offensive line. Not a great offensive line. Not an elite offensive line like Philadelphia. There's a lot of veterans on that offensive line with Philadelphia that know what they're doing. Right. And to top it all off... This is one of the best running teams in football. And keep in mind, Garrett Bradbury was banged
2: up in that game for the Vikings, too. He played through a lot sure. of injuries that he had. And they didn't have Brian O'Neill, their best right tackle. So, and they have a rookie in Ed Ingram at right guard that has
1: not been good in pass protection at all. Uh, the Eagles are I much different inside. I also do a
3: countdown show on Saturday. I do do that.
1: Yeah? Uh, are, you wear, are you going to wear your underwear on the show? Oh,
3: God. No, it's audio. I might do a YouTube version. Oh you gonna so,
1: so you wear your underwear on your head?
3: No. You. What,
1: why, why don't you do that? I, I think it'll draw a lot of fans.
3: I don't do that. It's audio anyways.
1: Uh, uh, why don't you get a live goose and let him sit on, stand on your desk and have him sit next to you and you can pet it? That's
3: a wild animal. Why would I want that in my house? I don't know. It'd I be
1: fun. It'd be fun to watch you pet a nice wild this, goose.
3: This, this is wild and dangerous. I oh, want you're to wild
1: that. and dangerous. I mean, you do a lot of wild and dangerous <laughs> things things. I I'm i, I think, doing that.
3: Why not? Too wild and How
1: about you kiss a goose on live radio? No. I think that'd be fun. I think something like that will draw people. TikTok TikTok will have a, a killing. They'd be they'd be drawing fans. Uh. You need to draw fans, Kenny. We need to bring you so, on. Uh, we need you to draw fans. Six foot five, hundred and eighty pounds of Kenny kissing so you
3: geese. You guys like the show and you want to do again?
1: Yeah, let's do it again, Kenny. But you gotta kiss a goose. Or at least ride a goose. We'll get you a saddle. I'll send you a saddle.
3: How about about a picture of me, a film of me, a film clip of me feeding geese? How about that?
1: How about this? We'll introduce you to Mother Goose, and then you'll be a part of the nursery rhyme. How about that? No. I think you would be great as a. I'm going to think of a nursery rhyme for you, and I'm going to okay. bring it up tomorrow. You listen to the show. I, I, will, <laughs> I will think of a nursery rhyme for you, Kenny. Okay, fine. Right? I cannot picture Kenny reading a nursery rhyme. I know, but Kenny but is I, the nursery rhyme.
3: You see, you see what I'm wanting to do is go for the do show. I,
1: I, I love what you are, Kenny, as a personality. You are very funny. You are going I, to have I, a nursery rhyme, and I'm going to sing it on the show tomorrow for you.
3: Okay.
1: How's that sound? What do you think?
3: Sunday, right?
1: Sunday, baby. Sunday, Ken. Ken's show on Sunday. What do we call it? Ken's fun day? The showdown? Uh, Shut down with Mother Goose. Ken TV's countdown. Ken TV with Mother Goose. Featuring Mother Goose. Uh, Okay. All right. All right. Wonderful. Kenny, thank you for calling, bud.
3: Thank you for telling the news on air. That's I
1: right. love you, Kenny. I love you. It's every. You, you are fantastic, buddy. I mean, just.
3: All right, now I'll get a logo and yes. a, a yes. drop. Yes. I still have enough for a drop. All right. right,
1: well, let's get a drop together. Let's get a logo. Maybe you have Mother Goose in the back or a nice goose behind you. I think that would be a real selling point for you. What do you think? Okay. Awesome.
3: I'll take down the advice, man. All right, All Kenny,
1: right. I love you, man. Kenny, aka Power uh, Plants. There you go. I've got love for somebody and he loves me. I just hopefully not the weird love, you know? It's Kenny. It probably is the uh, weird love. Yeah, well, I, I mean, well, I'll have to, you know, wear a chastity belt next to Kenny because I don't want him, you know, touching me, you know? Kenny is a tall six foot five guy. I'm a pretty big guy. But, uh, you know, the length between width, it wouldn't be good for me. So there you go. Anyways, um, Wildcard weekend, Speedy. Are you ready to go through this? Sure. All right, let's go through it. All right. Woo! Let's do it. You know, it's it's so interesting because watching these games, they stood out in so many different ways. They really did. And everybody keeps talking about Brock Purdy. Did you watch what Brock Purdy did last week? Yeah, I watched Brock Purdy. He was pretty good. But again, he played a Seattle Seahawks team that their defense was ranked twenty eighth. Throughout the league in almost every statistic, their their defense, their front seven really couldn't get at him because they have one of the better offensive lines in football and a healthy offensive line going into the playoffs. So, yes, the advantage, in, the advantage going into the game, being that it was in San Francisco and it was raining, went to the San Francisco 49ers. They got to practice all week, it, really, the last two days in the rain. It was raining a lot over there. And, yes, Brock Purdy. 18 for 30, 332 yards, three touchdowns. He's the only quarterback in NFL history. I think he has eight touchdowns and no interceptions in his first five or six games. or some crazy number like that. Or 12 touchdowns and no interceptions. Whatever the number is. The fact is, he had a good game. And Geno Smith, he played strong. He played, kept his team in in the first half. They had the lead, I think it was 17-16. At halftime, yeah. At halftime. And everybody thought Seattle had a chance. And then in the third quarter... It started picking up. They, San Francisco started to run the ball. They started to give the ball more to Debo Samuel. And Debo Samuel breaking tackles. It was it was just complete dominance. And then Christian McCaffrey, you couldn't stop him. And it, and then there was other things that really helped. Ayuk was catching the ball. Kittle mm-hmm. was catching the ball. Everybody was getting moving into the offense. And they were blocking. They were protecting him. He was only sacked one time the whole game. One time the whole game from Seattle. And that, that gives... Brock Purdy enough time to throw the ball and give the ball to the players and the pieces that he needed to give it to to give him a chance to win. The defense, dominant. This was one of the best defenses in the league, especially in the fourth quarter when Seattle was trying to, put, you know, put opportunities, obviously giving it to D.K. Metcalf and and, and and all the different weapons that they have on the field. And, and by the way, they, they kept Walker at bay. Walker in the second half, and I, I, I know 15 carries for 63 yards, 4.2 yards, at 4.2 uh, yards a carry, and one touchdown in the first half. He was dominating. Right in the second half, they shut him down. They completely stopped the running game, kept the running game at bay. Geno Smith was the only person that really touched the ball two or three times in the second half. It was all a throwing game, and and, and with Geno Smith and with that offensive line. Getting pressured all game long. They got tired, and in the fourth quarter, they were completely dominated offensively. And that's what, that's what I saw. And they were outcoached. Mm-hmm. Absolutely outcoached. Pete Carroll, fantastic coach. Maybe it's starting. To, you're starting to believe that Pete Carroll is losing a touch. I think he might have one more, ye- one more year left in him. I think the offensive line played well throughout the season. They figured it out. Uh, but is Geno Smith the guy? Is Is that offense good enough to take this team next year? To the playoffs, especially the Rams might be better next year. There are teams in their division. Arizona could be better if 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 Sean Payton goes over there. Right. So there there could be so many. It, it could be like monopoly next year for <laughs> for uh, possible the Seahawks. So and nobody thought the Seahawks were going to make the playoffs this right. year. So it's going to be interesting. But it was complete dominating in the fourth quarter, and that's why Seattle had no chance to win this game.
2: Yeah, uh, Pete Carroll, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's lost the top. Touch, but you're definitely right where he didn't really make the adjustments once Kenneth Walker was taken away. Kenneth Walker got the bulk of his yardage in the first quarter. And beyond that, really didn't do much rushing-wise. Receiving-wise, only had one catch as well. So they didn't really implement that to take away the blitz. And DK Metcalf, he got his, but they they really didn't have much else when it came to their secondary targets. I thought they were going to be able to use the tight ends a lot more. They've been doing that t- much towards the end of the season. They didn't really do that. And Kyle Shanahan did a great job adjusting to all of Pete Carroll's defensive tendencies. It was Ayuk in the beginning that was doing a lot, and Elijah Mitchell. Then Christian McCaffrey took over in the second quarter. Then they went to key in on Christian McCaffrey, and then Debo Samuel went off the rest of the game. So really Pete. Carroll had no adjustments. He kind of stuck to that base defense a lot. And Kyle Shanahan was ready for every bit of it. And the defense, which struggled in the first half, really got it going in that
1: second half, that pass rush. Chargers and obviously the Jaguars. This game was really a game of halves. It really was. In the first half, the Chargers couldn't make a mistake. They, and everything that the Jaguars did in the first half was mistake after mistake. Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions in the first half. And, and three of them We're to the same defensive back. Asante Samuel. Asante Samuel Jr., who had a fantastic game in the first half and completely disappeared in the second half. That defense, that secondary, completely disappeared. The difference in this game was really the understanding of where, this te- where the game was going in the second half. The Chargers gave up a touchdown at the final minute, minute and a half of the game, uh, the second quarter, which gave confidence in Trevor Lawrence that they can come back from the half. They had the ball in the second half. They let the, Char- they let the Jaguars go all the way down the field and score a touchdown right away, and it gave, really, the, uh, the Jaguars a confidence level that we didn't see throughout the first half of the game. The thing was, in the first half, The Jaguars couldn't run the ball. They could not run the ball against the Chargers. In the second half, they started handing the ball to uh, Travis Etienne. They finally started opening it up. And then Travis Etienne had 20 carries uh, for 109 yards, 5.5 a carry. He completely dominated the second half. They had no answer for Travis Etienne. And that offensive line played very well protecting Trevor Lawrence in the second half. He was sacked about four times in the first half. In the second half, I think he was sacked once. And that's the difference. it was the style of two halves, and really, they were outcoached. Doug Peterson is a, a coach that won a Super Bowl uh, a couple of years ago with the Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, obviously lost uh, the team, he was gone, and then finally got another coaching job with the Jaguars, really changed the outlook of Trevor Lawrence in the middle of the season. Trevor Lawrence started becoming a quarterback. And yes. Did Trevor Lawrence have a a, a a fantastic game? No. No. 28 for 47, 288 yards, four touchdowns, four interceptions. It's not a great a great game. But look what he did in the second half. Second half he threw no inter, no interceptions. No interceptions. He had 100 105 yards in the first half I think it was, and then he he threw almost 170 yards in the second half. Yep. He opened up the offense. He saw the saw the open players. He didn't make the mistakes. And by the way, For everybody in New York Giants country that hated Evan Ingram, I don't know what's getting into this guy because ever since Trevor Lawrence figured things out, and this is what happens to the Giants. They lose players, they go somewhere else, and they just completely dominate. Evan Ingram, seven receptions, 93 yards, a touchdown. He was a big part of their offense and come back in the second half. Christian Kirk was fantastic, and I feel bad for Justin Herbert because everybody's going to blame the quarterback, and Justin Herbert did not have a good second half, but that offensive line was putrid absolutely putrid did not protect their quarterback none of their wide receivers were getting open and they couldn't run the ball if their life depended on it in the second half i don't know what happened in the game and i don't i don't want to hear any excuses austin eckler who's one of the best running backs in the nfl one of the more underrated 13 carries 35 yards two touchdowns i don't care about the two touchdowns because they were short touchdowns 2.7 a carry that is a bad number. Joshua Kelly, seven carries, 20 yards, no touchdowns, 2.9 a carry. Justin Herbert averaged three, uh, three carries for 12 yards for four an average. He had more for the, the least amount of times that he touched. This team completely choked. I don't want to hear it. Great game by Gerald Everett. Uh, you know Keenan Allen did what he had to do, and he, he did what he could do. Uh, losing... Losing Mike Williams going into that game really Mm -hmm. hurt them and cost them possibly a chance to move on. So, that's my thought of the game.
2: Well, the Chargers are being the Chargers. You're right. Tale of two halves. They scored enough points in the first half, but there were also some missed opportunities too because a lot of what the ja- a lot of what the Chargers benefit off of was the Jaguars just self inflicting Trevor Lawrence not only threw four interceptions, he threw a lot of bad interceptions. Yeah. Right at Horrible. guys. Samuel had the one great play. I'll give him credit for that diving one. That was pretty impressive, but a lot of them were right at him. And the Chargers had to settle for field goals a lot. They really didn't Like stick it to them. They got two touchdowns, but they settled for a lot of short field goals. They struggled in the red zone, and that really cost them too. Austin Eckler is a smaller running back too, as good as he is, and he gets a lot of touchdowns. He's a smaller running back, so him not being able to get inside against a beefier Jaguars defensive line... They have to be able to make the adjustments to that. Maybe roll them out. Or maybe toss it to the outside. Do a screen pass. There were no adjustments. That's why their offensive coordinator got fired. I, don't th- I think he's been bad all year, but especially bad in this game, too. He had only six touches in the second half, not just carries. This is the guy that was the best receiving back in the league the last two years, and he only got that many touches. Key and Allen was shut down in the second half. I give Jacksonville a lot of credit. They were making some great coaching adjustments, and this is the biggest one from Doug Peterson. They stuck with their running game, So. The best way for Trevor Lawrence to get the confidence back is to not force everything right away. He could just—he could have just, just slung the ball downfield and kept going. No, they ran ETN, they made it work, and they were able to run the ball. And they were able to spread the ball around, too. Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, and Adam all 70 yards and a touchdown, too. So kudos to Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars and Doug Peterson as well. But the Chargers continue to be the Chargers. They are the
1: least clutch team in football. Dolphins-Buffalo-Bills. This game was a lot closer than anybody thought it was going to be. Okay, Buffalo dominated really the first half, a tale of two halves. It really was. 14-0 going into the second, I think the second quarter. Uh, The Dolphins couldn't do anything right. Then the second quarter, they started picking up, started playing their offense. They got Waddle involved. They got Tyreek involved early in the game and then started opening up. They both didn't have any touchdowns. Kasiki, got involved in a couple of plays, but again, losing Tua to, uh, to this game it really affected them. Most Mostert, I, I don't know what happened to him. He didn't he play. Had a shoulder injury. He, he was out. He, he didn't. He didn't play in this game. That affected their running game. Uh, they depended too much on Jeff Wilson. Ten carries, 23 yards, one touchdown. 2.3 a carry. It's not enough. The the Miami Dolphins were one of the better running teams all season long. They couldn't run the ball. 2.3 yards a carry for Jeff uh, Jeff Wilson. Uh, Tyreek, they tried to use Tyreek Hill, 2.5. They used um, Ahmad, 0.6. Skylar Thompson, 1.5. That's not going to get it done. It's not going to get it done. Um, And and here's the thing. Everybody said that Josh Allen had a bad game. Why? Because he threw two interceptions. 23 for 39, 352 yards, three touchdowns. He he, He led them down the field in the fourth quarter, gave them a chance to win when they were down at one point by five, if you remember, going into the fourth quarter. And... They couldn't run the ball either, and, but they ran the ball better than Miami. So, <clears throat> obviously, uh, Diggs, seven receptions, 100. I told you he was going to have a good game. Gabe Davis, six. You thought he was going to have a good game. Six, uh, six receptions, 113 yards. You win the crunch time by one yard. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously, Dawson Knox, he didn't have one of those big breakout games, but he had a touchdown, the first touchdown of the game, which gave him the lead. 34-31. I think they're moving on. This is going to be a harder game against the Bengals. They're going to be at home, so it'll be fun to watch to see what's going to happen. The Bengals did not look good this past week either, so we'll get into that. But all in all, Josh Allen needed to make the plays when he needed to, and that's why they're moving on. A message to the Dolphins' ownership. This is the coach you wanted to fire just to get
2: Jim Harbaugh in here or whatever flashy coach. That was a brilliant coaching game that he had. This was not Mike McDaniel's fault at all. Imagine if Jalen Waddell actually didn't drop three passes in the game. Imagine if the offensive line could protect a little bit against Skylar Thompson. Because they played well at certain points, but Skylar Thompson was under duress a lot. Mike McDaniel did a great job getting him out of the pressure that they, they needed to get him out of. And... The offensive line, again, they didn't run block very much at all in that game. They... He was being very creative, still amidst all that. Jalen Waddle, they were giving some carries. Tyreek Hill, they were giving some carries. And they really had to make it work with a lot of these injuries. There were just a couple bad things that cost them. Three drops from Jalen Waddle, the one bad thing from—one uh, bad interception from Thompson because Miami outcoached Buffalo huge in this game. And their defense, they didn't play great, but they got a lot of pressure, rattled Josh Allen a lot. He had two interceptions. He had a fumble—two uh, fumbles, actually. One of them was lost. And the difference was the Bills were just able to stretch the field just a little more. And like you were saying— able to run the ball just enough in the second half to really keep that game going. But Miami, that was a great job of McDaniel. And the Bills, again, there's some things to be worried about, especially with their defense, the way they the way
1: they struggled in the second half. Giants, Minnesota. I know all Giant fans around the country were excited. Uh, a lot of people, including yours truly, did not think that the Giants were going to pull this off. But just, I think, just the out. Dueling when it comes to the coaching. Dable was fantastic. Every play call. And Wink Martindale, uh, who deserves a coaching job in the offseason. He will be interviewed by the Colts. It doesn't look like he's going to get it because it looks like it's going to Jeff Saturday. He's going to win it no matter what. But Wink Martindale with this defense and, and playing with eight DBs and third downs was fantastic. Shutting down Jefferson. Nobody would have thought, including George truly, th- thought they were going to shut down J- Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, and these are, these are his numbers throughout the game. I know everybody's going to look at it. Justin Jefferson, seven receptions, 47 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, yes, uh, TJ Hockenson had 10 receptions, 129 yards, no touchdowns. But they needed to give it to somebody, and they kept it to the slower guy. Jefferson is the guy that is the, is the way they like to run their offense through. He's the one that sees the ball at least 20 times a game, uh, and they, they shut him down. And that really was, I believe, the answer to this game. Uh, you look at... Dalvin Cook, I thought he was going to have a better game. 15 carries, 60 yards yards is not enough. You're not going to beat the Giants that way. And the Giants, uh, I have a lot to say about the Giants. Daniel Jones, fantastic game. 24 for 35. Yes, Jeff, both of us thought that this kid was going to be the real deal and a franchise quarterback. He is becoming one. 301 yards, two touchdowns. Show me the money, okay? Because that's what he's going to get in the offseason season. Uh, 17 carries, 78 yards for the quarterback, 4.6 a carry. This is a, a a quarterback running the ball. Jalen Hurts and and a guy like Josh Allen are the only guys, and Lamar Jackson, the only guys that put up these kind of numbers. This is fantastic. Isaiah Hawkins uh, uh, Hawkins was fantastic. Eight receptions, 105 yards, one touchdown. Who would have thought that? Slayton four receptions, 88 yards. Saquon Barkley, yes, Saquon Barkley, who ran the ball nine. And 53 was outrun by Daniel Jones. Still caught the ball. Five receptions. 56 yards was a big part of the offense. And and just everything that they did in this game, especially defensively, they found a way to dominate in the fourth quarter to shut down that Minnesota offense. And and Kirk Cousins, I, I, I don't know what to say about Kirk Cousins. 31 for 39. The numbers would look normal. 273 yards, two touchdowns. The guy doesn't show up in big games. In the fourth quarter, when they needed Kirk Cousins, he couldn't do anything. And this is not a dominant defense, all right? I-, I will say this. Dexter Lawrence was all over the place. That's why he made a pro Bowl this year. That's why he was a dominant force for the Giants. He's the best defensive player on this Giants team, and he is what the, the defense runs through fantastic, really fantastic game by Dexter Lawrence.
2: Yeah, I'm going to bring up two main points. First of all, with the defense, Wink Martindale, I was mentioning on the weekend crunch, is going to have to do creative ways and not have to do overload blitzes all the time, rushing six, rushing seven all the time. He did a great job with that in this game. I thought he did well, considering all the interior offens- offensive line injuries with Minnesota, I was mentioning with Bradbury, and then uh, Ed Ingram at right guard not being great. They took advantage of that. Leonard Williams had a great game, too, in addition to Dexter Lawrence. And... As a result, they were able to not only drop guys back, more linebackers and safeties back in coverage to help out with that they were also able to use the edge rushers to help out with screen <laughs> tackling too and they did a fantastic job with that on, on KJ Osborne, on Dalvin Cook receiving in this game and they either forced him, to drop, they forced him to drop the ball or limited him to short catches. Dalvin Cook had 6 catches for 10 yards in this game that is absolutely insane and Osborne he did have a touchdown but only 2 for 20. It was only Hawkinson that really took him away and Jefferson they were limiting to the short catches so I think Wicky Martindale did a great job of deviating away from his 10. And coached a masterclass on defense, especially the seven DBs and shout out to the DBs all, all collectively did well. And then for any Giants fan that is uh, still on the fence with Daniel Jones, I mean, you can't be anymore at this point. No. He's the first quarterback in playoff history to have 300-plus passing yards, 70-plus rushing yards, and two-plus touchdowns. He is also one of only three quarterbacks with Lamar Jackson and with Steve Young to have 300-plus passing yards and 70-plus rushing yards. And he's the only one that won the game.
1: Of those three guys.
2: Lamar Jackson had it against the Titans. that got blown out. Steve Young, I think, had it against the Cowboys. They lost a
1: tight one. They found a gem. They yep. did. And, so, and I think bringing in Dable, and I said he, I've been saying he's the quarterback whisperer. He did it for Josh Allen. He's going to do it for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is going to win himself a lot of money in the offseason, mm-hmm. between thirty five and thirty nine million dollars. He's going, and if this somehow the Giants win this game this week against the Eagles, oh yeah, he's going to win himself even more money. <laughs> oh yeah, because uh, they're confident. We'll see. They're going to Philadelphia. If Jalen Hurts is seventy, eighty percent, I don't know if the Giants have a chance, but it'll still be fun. And and by the way, it's very hard to beat a team three times in a year. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that's the advantage the Giants have going into Philadelphia and the, and the pressure is not on the Giants it's on Philadelphia right the Giants are, are playing with the house ex- money
2: Yeah, expectations being nowhere because this is supposed to be a transition year for them they're expected to improve with the new coaching staff but definitely not that but the new coaching staff definitely deserves a lot of credit to uh, Kafka and Dable in this game the third down and fourth down play calls were brilliant in this game they did a great job getting spacing oh, on. Danny Dimes was, and was, Danny spent, Dimes was uh, tremendous fantastic. too great instincts to run the ball I thought the Vikings would do a better job of taking away the edges a lot more The, 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 the Daniel Jones did a lot of creative things to make sure that he not, was not tackled on those outside runs either. And that set up the inside runs, too. You mentioned it. Saquon Barkley didn't do much carries. He, he only had nine carries because Daniel Jones was carrying the ball
1: up the middle a lot, too. And Saquon, as a result... He was- is a lot faster than he looks, okay? When he gets he gets away from the first tackler, it's very hard to bring the guy down, and he's fast. He's got more breakout speed than he looks. It's really funny. The only yep. time... I, I, the only... Funny time that I remember Daniel Jones was falling on his own feet. But this guy, this guy's for real. I think Dable has something. I think the Giants have something. You have something to be excited about. From Eli Manning to Daniel Jones. And by the way, everybody taking shots at Gettleman. Why did they draft Danny Dimes? Don't be surprised if Danny Dimes turns out to be the best quarterback in that draft class. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised.
2: And the last thing, too, I think the interior offensive line, which was a big question mark for the Giants all year long, really played well in that game. The Vikings have a couple good defensive tackles, including an ex-Giant and Dalvin Tomlinson that were able to shut, be shut down. And Saquon Barkley, he didn't have the rushing yards, but had the
1: receiving yards because of that. Bengals, Baltimore, this was an ugly game. An ugly, yeah, ugly game. Okay, and, and Baltimore, they should have won this game. If Lamar Jackson plays in this game, the Bengals had no chance. Okay, I, the Bengals did not put up a really good game. Joe Burrow did not look good 23 for, 23 for 32, 209 yards, one touchdown. He didn't look good. And by, by the way, a backup, a third string quarterback in Tyler Huntley outplayed, outplayed Joe Burrow 17 for 29, 226 yards, two touchdowns. Yes, one interception. He dropped the ball. On the one-yard line, which cost, I believe, Baltimore the game. If Lamar Jackson plays in the game, the game wasn't, it wouldn't have been close. I think Baltimore moves on uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. And then Buffalo's playing. Who are they playing? Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville. So uh, it might have been an easy easy way to the AFC title game for Buffalo. Who knows? Uh, Jacksonville could really surprise a lot of people, too, this week against Kansas City. But. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, he ran the ball pretty well, 13 carries, 62 yards. Uh, Huntley ran the ball, 9 carries, 54 yards. Gus Edwards, 12 carries for 30. So they ran the ball a lot, and they could run the ball. The problem is is Mark Andrews was their number one wide receiver, their number one target. They had nobody. Robinson, D- J.K. Dobbins caught, caught four for 43 yards. They have no wide receivers, and that's a big, big problem going to the playoffs, and maybe that's why Lamar Jackson wants out. They're not giving him enough weapons to, ro- to work with. I, I just think th- the Bengals had a bad game. Now, will they do that against, uh, against the Buffalo Bills? If they do that against Buffalo Bills, they don't stand a chance because the Buffalo Bills will put up the numbers. Um, their defense, the Bengals' defense could not, and I- I'll say this, they could not get to Huntley. Uh, the-, the Baltimore offensive line, which is really banged up, Actually, they really protected him this year and, and, and protected him in this game. And, and here's the thing. Jamar Chase, nine receptions, 84 yards. I, I, did you see T Higgins at all on the field? No. He looked like he disappeared. Yeah, two catches in the first quarter. I didn't see him much since. Four receptions, 37 yards. T Higgins, I believe, is just as good as Jamar Chase. But for some reason, he was forcing the ball to Jamar Chase. You're not going to win games if you're not using all your weapons. You had Hayden Hurst, who had four receptions, 45 yards. Not enough. Uh, Tyler Board, three receptions, 26 yards. Not enough. And you're giving the ball to one guy, and you see the difference in your offense. When Jamar Chase wasn't in, he opened up the field and used all his weapons. This could be a problem moving forward against the Buffalo Bills because if Buffalo knows they're going to give the ball to Jamar Chase, they'll double-team him and make and force him to beat him on the other side of the field. So it's going to be very interesting. Joe Mixon did not have a good game. Uh, they, they couldn't run the ball. They really couldn't run the ball, and this is one of their strengths. Uh, P. Ryan had two, two carries for three yards. Joe Mixon, 11 carries for 39 yards. It's not enough. It's not good enough. And, again, if you want to keep jo- Josh Allen off the, off the field and you want to keep this offense, this, this superior offense of the Buffalo Bills off the field, you have to run the ball. So if you can't run against the Buffalo Bills defense because you couldn't run against the Baltimore defense, you're going to have a big problem. So I, they were lucky. They were absolutely one of the longest defensive runs, fumble runs, we've ever seen. Longest since James Harrison's in the Super Bowl. Yep. That that was the only reason why they won the game. And if they scored, if the Baltimore Ravens score on that play, they win the game. So... Uh, I don't know what more to say about that game.
2: Yeah, I I love the Bengals roster. I love the Bengals' balance and identity. But, again, the, the one thing I'm really skeptical with is Zach Taylor, this game planning. He seemed like another guy that really just made no adjustments whatsoever. When you knew you had all these offensive line injuries, Kappa was out, Lyle Collins out for the season, and the Ravens were getting constant pressure. They had four sacks as a team, and they were getting pressure a lot in this game, especially on the interior. You have to adjust your offense accordingly. Jamar Chase could only do so much. Nine catches 84 yards at a touchdown, he's great. But they had nobody else that were showing up because you couldn't get these guys open because you didn't schematically. You had to make Joe Burrow do everything in that game. And when you have him do everything, yeah, he's capable of doing it. He's still a gritty quarterback and he can still win you those games, but you can't have him do that every single game in the playoffs. You still have to play, if you want to win the Super Bowl, you still got to play three more games. you have to play the Bills, and you're probably going to have to play the Chiefs. Again, And you're not going to be able to win those games if you have as bad of game plans as you had in this game. The Ravens absolutely outcoached the Bengals on every front in this game. John Harbaugh, until the last fourth quarter clock management issues, did a great job coaching this game. And they were able to get their efficient running game to work. They got third down runs that kept the Bengals off the field a lot of the time. The Ravens dominated time of possession. The only thing that just ended up costing them was just not having a good receiver to be able to take advantage of the Bengals' lack of secondary depth.
1: And the final game of the weekend... Well, the week, whatever you want to call it, uh, Monday, the Dallas Cowboys knock off Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll tell you this Dak Prescott actually showed up to the game. 25 for 33, uh, 305 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Dominated the game. He really did. He made every single throw, made very little mistakes, didn't put his team in harm's way. They can run the ball. Pollard ran the ball, 15 carries for 77 yards. Ezekiel Elliott didn't really touch the ball a lot, but even Dak, seven carries for 24 yards, 3.4 a carry. He had a pretty good game in every aspect of the game. Schultz, I, where did he guy? Where did he come from? Seven, seven receptions for 95 yards, two touchdowns. C.D. Lamb, four receptions for 68 yards, one touchdown. Michael Gallup. Five t- five receptions, 46 yards and a touchdown. Your three best players, your three weapons. Even T.Y. T-Y Hilton caught the ball two two catches for 23 yards. I, if they do this against the 49ers, and I know the 49ers are a much better defense. This defense is for real. This, this team is now healthy. Vander Esch is back. The Cowboys' defense is as good, and maybe not as good as San Francisco, right there amongst the elite. Top four, top five. If they can get at Brock Purdy and do what they did against Tom Brady. Now, Tom Brady, Brock Brad Purdy can move inside and out of the pocket, but he's not fast. Let's be honest. He's not. He's athletic. He's not fast. Tom Brady had a good game. I, I, I don't, I'm I not going to take shots at Tom Brady. 35 for 66, uh, 351 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. They didn't run the ball. They couldn't run the ball in the game, and that was a big problem. And that has a lot to do with the Dallas Cowboy and Vander Ash coming back. Vander Ash... Completely dominated the middle of the field. They couldn't run it up the gut. Zeke Elliott tried. They tried to push the ball into the end zone when they were in the red zone twice. He couldn't get into the red zone uh, when it comes to the Cowboys running game. Um, and I, I think da- Tampa Bay's defense is really good. They're a, they're a top 10 defense all season long. So to say that the Cowboys and Dak didn't beat a good defense, he beat a good defense. This is a good defense. Is it an elite defense. In some parts of the year, they were good. I, I, they really were, but uh, I also believe Godwin, who had a good year, ten receptions, eighty-five yards. They, a lot of guys didn't have a good year. Mike Evans, he had a decent game. He didn't have a good year. Julio Jones, who had seven receptions, seventy-four yards, one touchdown. It's probably the best game of the year for Julio Jones. They just didn't have enough. And their defense, for some reason, in the open field with some of these open passes, how do you leave C.D. Lamb that open? How do you leave some of the some of the guys on the Cowboys? They they're much better on the secondary than, than the Buccaneers look. And even though they have a couple of youngsters, they played very well last year in, in the playoffs, and they played very well in the regular season. I don't know what happened at the second half of the season. I don't know what happened in this playoff game. And they didn't have a chance. The Cowboys were up like 31-7 30, before they got a touchdown. The game was a complete blowout by the Cowboys. This was the worst game of the week, and I told you it was going to be a blowout. I told everybody the Cowboys were going to blow out Tampa Bay because I don't think they're any good. And now, Tom Brady, hasta la vista. He is not coming back as a Buccaneer. Why would he? Todd Bull stinks. He should be fired. He'll probably come back another year because, you know, Arians is probably going to tell everybody to kiss his ass. But it's not going to happen. So, uh, Buccaneers are out. Dallas moves on heading to San Francisco. There's a difference between a coaching of a good
2: defense and a coaching that their defense is the reason they actually do it. I was talking about Wake Martindale making some adjustments of his usual tendencies. They usually blitz a lot throughout the regular season. The Giants had the third highest blitz rate in the league. The Buccaneers were a team that was right near them, too. Todd Bowles made these adjustments in previous playoff games. You look at the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They didn't blitz very often. Look at what they did. They still were able to win. But they blitzed heavily in this game. Dallas was able to counter that. They used Tony Pollard a lot. Dalton Schultz, like you were saying, had the best probably his best game of his career and guys like Noah Brown and the other tight ends, the rookie tight ends, were able to get yards after the catch, and Tampa never adjusted to that, and Dak Prescott kept reading that kind of thing. That, they didn't have much of a consistent running game. Pollard got it going in the third quarter, but beyond that didn't do much. Zeke did barely anything in this game. 13 carries, 27 He didn't yards. have to. No, but he couldn't. They put him in the red zone. He was on the five-yard line twice, and he couldn't put it, no. couldn't jam it in. Right, but Dak Prescott always made the adjustments when he needed to. He didn't just force feed CeeDee Lamb. When Tampa was trying to take out CD Lamb, because he didn't do much in the first half, he Spread the ball around nicely. Gallup, I thought, had a very good game. Probably one of his best since he's come back from his injury. Dalton Schultz, like I said, had a tremendous game. And Dak Prescott did a great job reading that and spreading the ball around. And defensively, like you were saying, getting a lot of pressure. And this was a big one for their secondary, too. I know the Bucks' offensive line is not great. And Tom Brady was throwing a lot under duress. But still... Tampa, uh, Dallas's Dallas' secondary, after Anthony Brown got hurt, was a big question mark, especially against this receiving core. Definitely proved a lot. Like you said, Gowin got his, but that was really it. Evans didn't get going until garbage time, really, and Julio Jones just really had the nice touchdown catch and then was getting it going in garbage time later, too. So that was big to get the confidence up. We'll see how they do it against the Niners, a much better team, but it's a good sign of confidence in those two areas for the Dallas Cowboys. And
1: those are our thoughts of Wild Card Weekend. Uh Steve Lotto. I I miss it. Steve. Uh I was joking. However, I feel like uh I'm the only one who doesn't want car. That's not true. I was at the gym earlier today, and a bunch of people don't want Carr. I I do want Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr will fit in this offense. I don't understand why everybody is taking shots at Derek Carr that he doesn't fit. I think the Jets need a quarterback that is accurate. I think the Jets need a quarterback that can make every single throw. I think Derek Carr could do that, and I I think he fits. First of all, the Jets do not have to give up a first-round draft pick for Derek Carr. He is not – with the contract that he has, if they could trade him in in the first four four, uh, days after the Super Bowl – uh, they, they'll get probably a fourth or a fifth for him. Yeah. I, I, Jim, I, I don't want Jimmy J. I do not want Jimmy J. First of all, the guy can't stay healthy. The guy hasn't played healthy one time in his career.
2: Yeah, only the Super Bowl year was the only year he stayed fully He healthy.
1: cannot stay healthy. The Jets, I could see the Jets bringing him in. He gets hurt in preseason, and then they're done. And Zach Wilson will be starting again. They need Zach to sit the bench, ride the bench for a year or two, and let him learn under a veteran quarterback that knows the game. Okay, I I think Derek Carr, he signed him four years. You can opt out of the contract after the third if they really want to. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. If he becomes available, the Jets don't have to trade anything. They just got to sign him. So, and I think it makes a lot of sense why the Jets would. They don't have to trade away their first. For Lamar Jackson, you're going to have to give up two first-round draft picks. And Aaron Rodgers, I don't think you're going to need to give up a first. But you're probably going to have to give up a second. Yeah you're probably going to have to give up a second and a fourth or a second and a fifth. Uh, Steve also
2: says we did the important thing in getting rid of the dead
1: weight, which was Michael Lafleur. Yes. And I, I've been saying that for a year yeah. and a half. And
2: I, I think Errol brings up a good point, though, too, with Jimmy G, is especially with all the injuries that all, the offensive line had last year, too, and could have again this year because again you're going to bring in a lot of new guys. Could you? Mackay Beckton will be allegedly bad, but can you trust him to actually stay healthy? Mm. Is another question. And they, even with the, the rest of the interior offensive line too, can they play as well as they can for a guy in Jimmy G that has a little mobility, but it's not known for his mobility. Plus,
1: Derek Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers play hard. Both of them play hard, and they prove. And even Derek Carr this year, he really wasn't hurt. He sat out because he didn't want to play on that team anymore. And it's crazy because Devontae Adams wanted to go there to play with him, right. and now he's leaving. <laughs> now what? what is the if, – if Aaron Rodgers doesn't go the, to the – the Vegas Raiders, does Devontae Adams want to stay there? Does he want to go back to Green Bay? Uh, who knows? Or maybe he gets traded. It's a lot of money. I, I, Devontae Adams was an all-pro player. For anybody to think that nobody wants Devontae Adams, I don't know if anybody wants to pay him $25 million a year or whatever he's making, $30 million 28 a year. Is
2: like right under Tyreek Hill's contract. I mean, he's
1: the highest-paid wide receiver in football, but there are teams that will probably be interested. The Giants could very much be interested in him. Uh, I could definitely see the Patriots interested in him, too. Oh, yeah, that does. They need like they that. need a number one guy, and uh, Devonte Adams is one of the best in football. So it, you get your guy, you clean up your problems. I mean, Devontae Adams could be the best uh, you know best guy available this off season when it comes to wide receivers. Even though Hopkins is going to be available, yeah. So um, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, Before we go to break, uh, Steve also says I'm praying for a healthy AVT. Yeah,
2: that's the that's the focal point. <laughs> of He'll the be entire fun. line. He'll be fine.
1: Everything everything that I've read, he had the surgery and he's he's already. He's already uh, fixing, you know. He's he's training and he's getting back into shape. Uh, it was a bicep peck, right? So I I think he'll be I think he'll be fine, right? And for a guy that had to play four positions last year, everything except for the center
2: position. I mean, he's a first team uh, All Pro. This no, show. no, I know that. What my point is is if, if you played the whole season, if these other guys that have these injury concerns, especially Becton, can't get back to the form that they had at those positions, and they have to move guys around. Vera Tucker could be a tackle. He could be every guard position. So they need that kind of guy, especially playing at a high level, to be the anchor of that line. Brees
1: Hall's got to get healthy. There's a lot of players that Makai Beckton. The, the, the crazy thing about the Jets is they weren't even at full strength, and look at the talent that they have. Right. They had two guys that made first-team All-Pros. They could have had three. They would have been the only team. I, I think they're the only team that had two guys make all Pro. First-team All-Pro, if I'm not mistaken. Is any other team have done I'm that? I'm sure. I would imagine there would be. but I, I don't think so. Uh, maybe have a non-playoff team. Go yeah. look at go look at the All-Pro players. I think the Jets are the only team that had two players that made All-Pro. First-team All-Pro. I'm not positive, but I'm, I'm predicting they were. Okay? Because I, I don't remember a team that had two players that did it. Being first-team All-Pro, you have to be one quarterback and, you know, three wide receivers. It's not easy. So... Uh, I'm interested to see that, and they had two defensive guys, and 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 I believe Elijah Ducker would have been an All-Pro player too today this year.
2: Uh, Chiefs did. They had Mahomes and Kelsey. Okay. Um, Philadelphia did uh, two offensive linemen. The Raiders did. They had Adams and Josh Jacobs. Niners did Nick Bosa. Uh, yeah, Niners John- had who? Nick Bosa and who? Nick Bosa. And then...
1: um, Oh, Fred Warner, yeah. Fred
2: Warner. I I saw them on the list. I still was getting them. Oh, and their safety, Hufanga, too, also. So they had three. So they had three. Um, That might be... Oh, no, Dallas had Zach Martin and Micah Parsons. So, yeah, it's the... So the Jets
1: are the only non-playoff team that did have two All-Pro guys. yeah And probably would have had three. Probably would have had three with Elijah Vera Tucker and Maybe, uh, you know, if Brees Hall played, maybe he becomes an All-Pro player. Yeah, it's possible. You know, anything could have happened, but listen... I, nevertheless, I'm not. Ta- this is not about the Jets. We're not getting into the Jets today. Uh, as far as before we bring in our guest, and, and we're going to bring. I can't wait to get Riley on. I'm looking forward to have him on. The one thing I could say about the Jets is make the right choice at the offensive coordinator job. If you're going to bring in Aaron Rodgers, hire Nathaniel Hackett. If you're not, don't hire Nathaniel Hackett. No, okay. It, it doesn't make sense. Okay, so I, I just make the right decision for this team going into the offseason because bringing in a quarterback and bringing an offensive coordinator could change everything for the Jets next year. Their schedule is, is very interesting next year. Uh, it's still going to be a hard schedule, but a, a schedule that m- makes a lot of sense to the Jets making the playoffs. And you listen to Sauce, you listen to Elijah Veritaker that spoke the other day. They all believe that they're a playoff-bound team. So they, they lost six games in a row at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. They cannot do that if they're a playoff-bound team, especially – uh, what we've seen over the last couple of months of football for the New York Jets. When we come back, we'll be talking to Duke superstar, starting quarterback, our friend for the third time on the show, Riley Leonard, here on the Sports Loudmouths.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths.
1: We are back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the Sports Lab Mounts. 631 672 3108 is the number to call. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week. You can actually watch Kenny's show. I, interesting show, to say the least, uh, the countdown. Kenny's an interesting guy. His guys on his show was interesting. Uh, shout out to Josh Silverberg on his show, Game On. All the shows, the Buffalo Bills, the Herd Show, all the shows that we have on our network. And now show the Sports Outs, which airs every seven, every single Wednesday at 7 p.m. And Thursdays at 9 p.m. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I love this kid. I, we've had him on twice. I watched him play two games this year for the Duke Blue Devils. I'm rooting him on. I want this kid to be an NFL quarterback so very bad cuz he's been a, uh, you know, a follower and a supporter to the show and uh happy to introduce him. We're now talking to Duke starting quarterback Riley Leonard. Riley, what's up, man?
4: Hey guys, appreciate you having me back.
1: Absolutely, man. And you know what's so funny? Every time you have we have you on, I I think about the pizza I promised you. <laughs> I I I really do. I'm giving up. I'm giving up hope. No, don't give up on hope because (laughs) when you get drafted, I promise you I'm going to be at the draft and I'm going to bring you and your family a couple of pies of New York pizza. But I I think you're going to be a fantastic quarterback this year. You showed me uh, the type of quarterback that you could be. But before we get into that. Riley, how are you and your family doing? Uh, how, how is everybody doing at Duke uh, with the COVID-19 situation since the last time we spoke to you?
4: Family, first and foremost. Everybody's doing well. Uh, I was able to go spend some time with them from December 29th to January 9th uh, back home in Alabama where the weather's nice and you can play some golf. So mm. super fortunate to spend that time with them uh, and catch some fish as well. Uh, <laughs> everybody up here at Duke's doing, doing great. With COVID and everything, it's kind of actually starting to pick back up a little bit uh, with the mask and everything. Um, but you know, as far as the team goes, everybody's settled in good. We got some great transfers in. Uh, you know, our, our mid year freshmen are doing well, mm. so there's not much to complain about around here.
1: Now, obviously the portal is something very interesting to college football. And being that you had the season that you had, especially some of the games, you were on national television, you we were on ESPN a couple of times. I watched your games. We actually were doing a show and recording a show while you were playing a game, and I was like, Wow, Riley is really developing. He really is, and uh, you showed a lot of scouts, pro scouts, that you could play this game, uh, watching Daniel Jones play uh, as well as he did this year. Have you thought about maybe entering the portal and, and looking at other teams or other big elite teams throughout college football?
4: No, no, I haven't at all, actually. And and I know that's maybe a little bit different in the area that we live in, but, you know, to to turn my back on the the teammates that I've kind of re- I kind of committed to in the first place and they took me in with open arms. I mean, you know, coaches come and go and I would never leave our coaching staff. They're the best, you know, there is, but really just like our teammates as well. Like I would never leave those guys. I want to, you know, fight uh, with them to the end um, and hopefully win an ACC championship in the future.
2: Yeah, so it was a year for especially for the ACC that had a lot more parity than, than expected. Uh, you played, you were, you guys were ranked in the in the top fifteen for a, a lot of the season. I was making a joke like on our show like all the basketball schools are starting to come around, and uh, no, <laughs> North, North, North Carolina had a great year as well. Uh, so do not talk about the Duke Blue Devils. I am so fed up with Shire. I want to fire him already. Sorry. So, <laughs> yeah. do you see that kind of thing? I mean, obviously Georgia still won back-to-back championships, but you see, can you see it kind of being a, a more parity in college football, especially with the playoffs expanding now? Is what you've seen last year and what you've played against?
4: Absolutely. Um, you know, just the way college football is nowadays, it's so chaotic, and and so many teams have so many you know different chances at success. Uh, with this playoff thing expanding, you know, I'm really looking looking forward to getting the opportunity to play, play in it. Uh, you know, I know our guys are as well, so. There's a lot of interesting parts and a lot of moving parts in the NCAA right now.
1: We are talking to Duke starting, I believe, star quarterback, uh, Riley Leonard, a, fa- a friend of the show. Love when he get. I actually told Speedy about a week ago, we need to get Riley on the show. Daniel Jones is in the playoffs right now. We all know where he went. And, and Riley, I believe, I believe what we've seen this year – the way Duke played, you were a big asset to the team and the you know, what the team did this year. Going into a ball game and 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 winning and beating a UCF team uh, the way you did, you were a big part of that. I I believe that if this if if the draft was this year and you weren't doing the draft, you're a fourth or late third round draft pick. If you have another season the way you did this year, you could actually be. A second, or maybe even a late first-round draft pick next year, if if you decide to go into the NFL draft. What were your thoughts to your season this year, and and that thought of possibly being a, a good NFL quarterback moving forward?
4: Hey, yeah, it's funny that we're even having this conversation because before the season, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't even sure if I was going to win the starting job, and you know, the, the narrative now is that I'm a good quarterback. Everybody wants me. This and that. You know, I really just tend to mute it out because. Those same guys that, you know, are hating me are now, now on my side. So, um, you know, it's it's really just still shocking to me uh, that, you know, the NFL is even in, in the uh, conversation now. Really? But you know, I don't take it for granted. Uh, you know, I, I'd love to play at Duke for two more years and keep developing. Hmm. Um, but, you know, like I'm just as shocked to hear those words, you know, every time I hear them.
2: Yeah, Errol was mentioning the draft, and actually, one of the draft guys we've had on our show three times, uh, Shane Hallam. He actually was likes tw- you. Yeah, he t- he tweeted during bowl season that mm-hmm. Riley Leonard will be a name to watch come time draft time. And there you go. He's a guy that actually has done mock drafts for the next five years, yep. so he knows and what he's, he's he knows about. what he's he <laughs> one of
1: the better one of the better draft guys in the country. So yeah. when he says that you're going to be a guy to watch that he really means it. You're going to be a guy to watch. So I want to mention also the game that Errol was mentioning against UCF.
2: You were the MVP of the military bowl, a 30 to 13 win against UCF. So what was that whole experience like playing in a bowl game?
4: Yeah, it was, it was incredible to be in DC as well. And, you know, go on monument tours, hang out with the guys. Uh, I think we were there like six days early, so uh, wow. I was able to experience some D.C. pizza. Uh, it's nothing like oh, New York. DC get out of here. <laughs> D.C.
1: pizza? What are you- hey, I, hey I, I followed it up with this. I'm sure it's nothing like New York. I love but you, man. Maybe lot- <laughs> you should try to deliver a, a pizza to D.C. Pizza. It's
4: a whole lot better than Alabama, but off, off the pizza, great experience. Super easy to play. You know, the quarterback position when your defense holds a, a great team to 13 points. I think UCF was averaging 40. Um, before they played us, so um, you know, I, I know I got MVP and everything, but holy cow, that that whole defensive squad really deserved it. Maybe
1: Aris have trying to deliver the pizza while you were in DC. <laughs> Maybe he would have gotten there. <laughs> you know, you know what's so crazy about you, Riley. You look at your numbers. Everybody says, "Wow, they're they're pretty good numbers." But you're you're growing into a quarterback every single year. I remember when we interviewed you when you were a recruit, and then you're you're, you're a year in, almost two years in as as a college player, and you're just developing everything that you're doing. Everything you you were ranked 40th in the country with yards, tied in four, 47th when it comes to touchdowns, interceptions, only six this year, 73.7 quarterback rating, which was 26. You look at those numbers, they don't stand out. But what you did on the field and how you did it on the field as a leader, and even listening to the way you are, it's not about me. Uh, we've we've interviewed quarterbacks, and you're one of my favorites because. We've interviewed ex-NFL quarterbacks, we've interviewed NFL quarterbacks, and we've interviewed top recruits. The way you speak, it's not even about me. It's about team. And that's something that really sticks out to me about you. What is it like being a leader of a young team like the Duke Blue Devils?
4: Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. You know, we kind of, kind of talked about it earlier, but I really wasn't given that leadership role until I got the starting job. You know, it's kind of hard to win the team over when you're competing in a quarterback battle. Um, but once I got that you know, starting job, I just really just I – know I say it all the time, but I really just lean on my teammates to, um, you know, push me to be the, you know, the best leader I can be. I got seniors coming out to be, uh, you know, giving me advice. Um, you know, that just – it goes a long way. Uh, and, you know, my growth is just all credit to them. Um, you know, and the coaching staff as well. They've put me in – put me in so many different situations to prepare me, uh, you know, for the games. So, you know, I, I think I got a lot of room to grow as a leader, but I, I really – I'm an, op- an open book every day and willing to learn.
1: Show me the money. That's what I'm going to say to you, Mr. Riley Leonard, because NIL uh, is you- – you're going to have a lot of opportunities to make money, I think – the personality and who you are as a person. Pizza, you, you want to talk about New York, you'll be a sponsor of, of, of a pizzeria you know, from New York if you want to. I mean, just who you are, personality-wise. And, and like I, I'm not trying to kiss your ass, because I'm not. You're one of my favorite guys. We've interviewed a lot of college recruits, and, and a lot of them top recruits. But who you are and what you stand for. And really, we've watched you grow as a quarterback. It wasn't like, hey, you know, this guy, we spoke to him one year. We've watched you every single year grow into the player that you are. And I just think there's so much upside to what you're going to be in the future, not just for Duke. Do I see the NFL in your future? If you play like you did in that ball game, not only do I see the NFL in your future, I see you as a top first or second round draft pick, which means you could have obviously have a chance to be a starter in the NFL in the future. So it's it's amazing. You should you should your parents. I'm sure are proud of you. I, we are. I speak about you all the time. When we be sitting sitting, I was like, holy crap, this guy's fat. You're a lot faster than you look, too, man. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I, I mean, six foot four. You're very limber, and, and and the things that you do on the field. A lot of quarterbacks can't do it. You remind me of Daniel Jones, which okay. is crazy to say that. But uh, <laughs> and, and what he's doing right now, I I I'm the only one. Okay. The only one on this network that thought that Daniel Jones was going to be a quarterback, a future franchise quarterback. Everybody said I was nuts. Thought I was out of my mind. And look what he has turned out to be. Maybe it's Dabo. Maybe it's just his talent. It's starting to you know, fall together. But you remind me. So what are your thoughts about being compared to guys like Daniel Jones?
4: Yeah, I think uh, a lot of the quarterback position comes down to maturity and uh, competitive nature uh when you when you put those two things together it's it's you know it's it's hard to lose with a guy like that and you know I I hear stories every day about the competitor Daniel was when he was at Duke and I just try to replicate that um a lot of quarterbacks are like I'm my own guy I don't like I don't care like hey you want to compare me with Daniel Jones I'll take it you know uh so I I think I think yeah I think it just comes down to you know maturity and you know competitive nature that that'll that'll get, that'll get you some wins um no, no matter what league you're in mm-hmm.
2: So speaking of quarterback comparisons, you actually played two games against, the, uh, against other ACC quarterbacks that had also great years as well. North Carolina, you had 245 yards and a touchdown and also 130 rushing yards and a touchdown playing against Drake May, who a lot of people like a lot in the ACC. And then Wake Forest as well against Sam Hartman, who's a very good quarterback too. You outdueled him with 391 yards and four touchdowns. So what was your thoughts on, on those two games, that experience like? And if you got to meet those guys in person, uh, what was it like uh, meeting them and competing against them?
4: Yeah, um, obviously I met the guys like before and after the game, uh, but I haven't met them uh, outside of, of football yet. I imagine me and Drake May will end up training together somewhere down the road. Uh, I know everybody wants to put that uh, rivalry together, but when we're on the field, we're competing. When we're off, we're off. Uh, Sam Hartman's guy I look up to. Obviously, the the adversity that he went through. Uh, you know, I told him after the game. I really look up to him. Uh, you know, it means a lot to to have somebody like that representing quarterbacks in the ACC. And then Drake May, obviously, you know, Heisman, you know, possible Heisman candidate, great year. Uh, you know, I look forward to those games. And, you know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't, you know, mark those off on the calendar. Uh, those are matchups that you dream of. And you know, I was definitely ready to go whenever we played them.
1: We are talking to Duke's starting superstar quarterback, Riley Leonard. Love him. But there is a quarterback in Carolina I can't stand. Okay. <laughs> I can't stand. Don't this worry. Guy. It's, it's not in your state. It's the one below it. Uh, wow. Spencer Rattler is a guy <gasps> that I could, I can't stand. All right. I, I would love to interview this kid because I would get the cockiness out of this kid. I, I never liked him in QB one. I don't like his personality. He decides to go back and play college ball at South Carolina. Cause he thinks he has a chance to win a championship. I think he's out of his mind. What are your thoughts to you know the way college football has transitioned as the quarterbacks, there are more mobile quarterbacks than we 've ever seen, and the nFL transitioning that way, and you watch Daniel Jones, a guy that, like I said, you replicate you know his game to your game. Is there any difference to what you 've seen when you were a kid watching the quarterbacks in the time of the NFL with Tom Brady and Pete Manning to the quarterbacks now
4: yeah i 'm a guy who who 's always said quarterbacks are the best athletes on the field, and everybody laughs at me, but uh nowadays people are starting to get to that you're gonna you know you see a lot of teams just put their best best athlete uh you know behind center and you know it kind of you know turns out to be all right there are plenty of quarterbacks in the nfl that are dual threats um they label me as a dual threat now um i, I think i'd rather be labeled as a pocket passer that can run uh, i think you know staying in the pocket and sling the ball around uh something i can improve on hope something i hope to prove on but yeah just the way you know, quarterbacks are getting recruited now. If you're in high school and, you know, you played multiple sports, you know, the colleges love you. My basketball tape is really what got me recruited in the first place. So <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't think I'd be here without my basketball Stop tape. it. Stop <laughs> it. Oh, that's
1: not even an exaggeration. Oh, stop. No.
4: stop. Well, <laughs> Riley, Riley,
1: tell Errol how, how John Shire get you get credit for Stop. that. How he gets credit I, for that? I, I don't want to hear it. You're gonna you're gonna take away your season. Oh, if I wasn't if I wasn't a great basketball player, I wouldn't be here. Get out of here. You, I you, don't know. Get out of here. You, you, you I gonna, don't know. You want to play for the Duke Blue Devils and Shire? Give me a break. <laughs> you're good luck. I mean, you know, look at the look at the recruiting class he has. They get they, they're, what ranked 25th. twenty four, twenty fifth. I'm a Blue Devils fan. I can't stand watching the coaching of Shire right now. Coach K, come back. Hire Bobby Hurley as somebody that knows what he's doing. I'm sorry, but I have to speak up for what I root for. And I'm telling you, I grew up a Duke Blue Devils fan. Not because of Christian Leitner, not because of Grant Hill, because of Bobby Hurley. And he should be the coach right now over there coaching for the Duke Blue Devils. Just my opinion. Um, you know, Riley, you look, at the, you look at the opportunities that you have. And you have a ton. And it, you know what's interesting? I I have a question to ask you. Do you have an agent? First of all,
4: in the works right now.
1: In the yeah. works. Go. That's interesting. Uh, are you talking to a bunch of agents? Uh, I
4: really just got it pretty narrowed down, and I'm look, looking to sign with them.
1: Okay. Uh, okay. Awesome. I, I'm not. I, I'm I'm not throwing you under the bus here. Just want to know. Uh, As everybody knows, we are talking to Duke starting quarterback, Riley Leonard, a friend of the show. Uh, We've been interviewing him for years and happy to have him on the show. I know his busy schedule and getting ready for next season already. I'm sure he's doing that training and everything. Riley, you look at the game and, and now with the NIL and the opportunities that you have to make money before you even step on an NFL football field. What is it like knowing that you can change your family's future before you play professional football?
4: It's certainly uh you know a great opportunity that I have um originally, you know I didn't really want to get too involved with it mm-hmm. because I don't want you know to be the guy making all the money on the team, but you know I, you know after I thought about it, I think there's a lot of good that I can do with the money and mm-hmm. you know obviously the the market is just insane right now for for college football players, especially quarterbacks so Um, you know, I'm only taking what's right and not much has come so far. So if anybody out there,
1: (laughs) you're going to, you're going to make a lot of money, man. Just, (laughs) just just remember when you, when you become big, don't, don't say, Oh, I don't want to come on your show. I don't want to, I want anything to do with you guys. You know, I, I, you better not do that to us, man, because we love you. We, we, we stand people like we've interviewed a lot. Like I said, we've interviewed 50 of the top prospects for the last couple of years and there's just certain guys that stood out to us the most. And quarterbacks, we've interviewed like twelve, thirteen of them, and some of them are doing very well in cut. Co- but there's something about you that just stands out. There's your personality, and you, you even said it there. I don't want to make all the money, but you could do so much—not only for your family, but if, the people on your team. If you're making money, you could say, "Hey guys, I'm going to take you out to dinner. I'm going to take you. I'm going to take uh take you guys out to a carnival, and you can have whatever cookies." Candy or whatever the hell you want. Maybe Riley I'll will be a NIL sponsor for a pizza place. There you go. I, I mean, I mean, there's a there's a lot of opportunity you have, and and you deserve it. You've earned it. You've worked hard. It, it there's there's no doubt you've earned the position that you are. And and you say, oh well, I, I, I if I didn't play basketball, I would never be where I am. How about this? If you if you never played football, you wouldn't be where you are. Right. Uh, and, and that's that's the difference. You're from Alabama. It's a football state and And everything that you've done, it really brings to who you are and who your family were raising you so when when you look at all the different aspects of being the quarterback and the position as a whole, you say they're the most athletic and all that other stuff. when you look at the game as a whole and understand that you have to you have to read defenses you have to see defense for what they are when you're some, and every defense is different what what do you? As a quarterback, what do you see when you're on the field, when you're trying to understand how to nitpick and how to attack defenses?
4: Yeah, uh, that's a great question, but really every play is uh, different for me. Um, you know, the amount of film study we do in college football is absolutely insane. Mm. You can pretty much um, determine the coverage before the ball is even snapped, although college you know, defenses are evolving every day. So, you know, they'll throw something different at you every single week that you don't see on film. Um, but me in particular, you know, I, my coaches and I try to simplify the game as much as possible. So we really just, you know, look at one guy um, each play, depending on where he is. And, and we'll be able to determine the coverage from there. Um, th- at the end of the day, like, I don't want to be, be a robot. I'm just going to go out there and play the same game I've been playing since I was seven years old. Um, and I always just tell myself before I catch a snap, like, "New, just throw it to the guy that's open and, and run if you if you need to run, like – You know, there's a lot of overthinking and people try to analyze the quarterback position. But at the end of the day, my job is just to get the ball in the end zone. So, you know, whatever that may be, I just, you know, simplify that and and do it.
1: You know what you got to do? You got to get me, you know. Your first game of the season at home, you get me like, you know, field passes, and I'll stand out there at the end zone. And when you score a touchdown, I'll open a box of pizza and I'm going to say, Here you go, bro. Here's your pizza. You can grab a pizza, eat a pizza, and walk off the field. <laughs> hey,
4: like, I need a slice, but I'm going to need the whole box for the O line. That's get right.
1: That. That's right. I'll buy, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll bring three boxes. I'm I'm definitely going to come and watch you play. This coming year, I want to come and watch you live i I, I think you're, you're not only like I said, a person that you, you yeah, 're drawn to to like you 're a team player and that 's something that you have to you have to respect as a as a quarterback because there are a lot of egotistical quarterbacks that i 've seen so far, Kyla Murray, who I love. He became an egotistical guy when he got that contract from Arizona. And I I don't like egos. I don't like Spencer Rattler because he's an ego trip. I like guys that are humble, understand the game, and want to go out there to win the game not only for himself but for his teammates. And that's something that you are, and that's why I respect you the way I do. Riley, you probably watched more film today than Kyler Murray did the entire offseason. Oh, please.
2: (laughs) Please. Don't Don't do it. Don't worry, if Errol, comes, if Errol comes to one of your games, I get you the pizza. Don't be surprised if you see, also see a Fire John Shire side. You'll know who it's from.
1: Oh I'm going to wear a jersey. Please I'm going to wear a Duke Blue Devils jersey, number one or zero, zero, and it's going to say Fire Shire in the back.
4: <laughs> they'll, they'll, figure they'll figure
1: it out. I'm a Duke fan, man. I, I mean, I'm just – I'm sickening to what I'm actually going to get a Fire Shire Duke jersey. I'm going to buy one. The of course optimism. you are. I'm going to buy one. basketball fans are just so greedy.
4: They slip up a couple games. They're like Alabama fans when I go back home.
1: Dude, I, this has nothing to do with him and what the Duke Blue Devils are doing. When they hired him, I, I spit out my water on live radio when I heard that he was going to be the new Duke Blue Devils coach last year. When K, K, Coach K was saying I'm retiring, I was not happy about it. I mean, of all the idiot people that Coach K could hire, he hires that one. Okay, I, I I'm just speaking the truth. I it just and I it's not like I hate Shire as a person. I don't know him, but I watched him play college ball. He never played professional ball, and he never won. Okay, bring in a guy that one that understands the game a little bit better than a guy that's never coached. That's all I'm saying. And I understand what coach K is doing, but it's not going to win him championships time quicker than hiring Shire than Bobby Hurley. Okay. So that's my so,
2: thought. So Mike, my, my, my question is, how about off the field? Was there any uh, funny stories? One of the, your travel road games that had, was a very interesting experience of this season. And Come on, so, tell us a woman story. Be. How
1: many women would uh, flock into you? How's that?
4: Oh, <laughs> well, I have a
2: girlfriend. Oh, there I we can... go.
1: Finally. Yeah. How long have you been well, with
4: her? I've had a girlfriend for like five years.
2: Oh, she I forgot somewhere. about that.
1: that. That's right. You have. Right, uh, so... Errol's mixing up his, I am? Mixing up his uh, college I football am, players I'm now. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Shout out to your girlfriend. What's your girlfriend's name again? Molly. Molly. Okay. And she was blonde hair, right? Am I right? No, not quite. Brunette. brunette, brunette. Okay, that's right. You said you like brunette. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying. <laughs> you're trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> I, hey, listen, I'm trying to help you here, man. I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you're happy and you you've been with your girl for five years. You deserve it. You're a good guy. Go ahead, Speedy.
2: No, I was going to ask did you. Have any any experiences off the field that were uh, funny stories? Uh, any of the road trips you travel at, or even just one of your teammates? I'll
1: have to think
4: about it that one. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. <laughs> nah, you, don't I don't know get, I you don't want to get any of them in
1: trouble with their girlfriends either. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we're, we're, we're loyal great guys around here in Duke
1: football. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I I have to go check out, uh, you know, the... I've heard about Duke and I've heard about their university and I, I, I want to have the opportunity one day to walk through the university. I just, I, I have to be a good guy. I gotta be a good person. So... I I will try to keep my distance in certain areas, but I am a crazy guy and I like to have fun. So uh, That might include your alleged fire John Shire jersey. Yeah, well that's true that's true too. And I I wouldn't care walking around the uh, you know the Duke Blue Devil, you know, you know, the 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 college area the campus where everybody can see me do something stupid. I'll probably dance with that jersey on my head and I probably do stupid things. As everybody knows, we are talking to Duke starting quarterback Riley Leonard. Uh, last question for me, Riley, because I know you're a busy guy. Uh, you look at the game, and you look at you know the people that have been behind you from from the beginning. What stands out more now that you're becoming a star in in, in a college that you probably never thought you were going to become? I mean, when you go to college, you don't say, "Hey, I'm going to be a star at Duke. Or I'm going to be a star quarterback." Have have obviously the people that have supported you from the beginning still? Uh, see you as the same person before you became the player that you become?
4: Yeah, there's definitely uh, some people who are just starting to, you know, pop up and pick like our best friends. But, you, know, that's common. <laughs> you know, I don't have, I don't know. Uh, the people that were always with me, uh, though, you know, I have a pretty tight circle and and everybody from my hometown in Farrow, Alabama has like been supportive even when I came in and I was the fifth string quarterback and I did, you know, go what, two for, 30 on my first start against virginia <laughs> i State. do
1: remember that yes yeah i
4: don't know what it was but uh, don't please don't pull it up uh,
1: <laughs> you want anyway, to see the replays the, of that game <laughs> yeah, i don't know okay i'm
4: sorry there. but uh uh yeah the ones the ones that text you whenever you're playing bad are the ones that you know are are going to be with you so uh i try to you know like i said keep a tight circle and and everybody's you know very loving and caring of me and, you know, where I've, what I've accomplished.
2: So my last question, your, your favorite game that you played in uh, last year, either how you played or just the experience of it. And also the toughest team you faced overall among your first year as a starter.
4: Yeah. Great questions. Uh, Miami was, Miami was probably my favorite. Uh, the defense absolutely bought out one of the best defensive performances I've, you know, ever seen with my own eyes. Uh, and obviously you're in Miami, the weather's great. Palm trees everywhere. Stayed at a nice resort. I mean, I would (laughs) have. We all got in the plane and we're just begging for a couple more days down there. Uh, Yeah, so that was definitely the most fun. Uh, As far as challenging, there, you know, there were a lot of good defensively. uh, Georgia Tech had a really good defense. Mm. Um, You know, North Carolina is always a fun game to play against. Uh, Pitt was good. You know, I can I can really go on and on. The ACC is different. There's there there wasn't really a team that we played. They, you know, dominated. You know, we're all pretty evenly matched, and that's what you kind of see every year with all the different records.
1: I want to ask you a question before I leave. You know how they, after you win the Super Bowl, the, you know, the Disney comes up to you, <laughs> and says, uh, "You know, after winning the military ball, Mr. Riley Leonard, where are you gonna go?" And you're gonna say. I'm going to Disney World! How, how about that? You want to try that?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I should have tried it out. <laughs> well, dream, Ryan, but that probably, would have, probably would, have, would have been a lot of crickets after that. One. You know, know,
1: it's so funny. If, if I was there and I was interviewing... I probably would have done it just to be funny and I'd be like, <laughs> Riley, where do you think, where do you want to go? And he'll be like, I'm going to Disney World. Uh, and people probably... I think, I
4: think we probably would have been the only two that would laugh. Yeah, I think
1: so. I you know, I, don't, I, want, I don't want your <laughs> offensive line to choke me or something like that. I'd be like, the, who the hell is this idiot over here?
2: But, no, watch out. Here comes the NCAA. You can't be partnered anything else. Uh, not, not, not
1: necessarily.
2: NIL. Uh, watch out for NIL. those random <laughs> sanctions that could be coming. Disney? Yeah. Hey,
0: Disney?
1: Disney? Hey, Disney could actually give him an an IL contract, can he not? He can no, 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 no,
2: he it. can't. No, no, Riley R- R- Riley's fine with that. Who knows what the, what, the, what the NCAA will come out with the, with the uh, Duke random oh, come on, I'm uh, only partnerships gonna, I'm, that could happen. I'm only
1: going to post it as a joke. I'm not going to post it up and get him in trouble. <laughs> come on, man. What are you trying to do here? I mean, I could do the crazy what? things that I do off the air to you, Speedy. You want me to do it to Riley? No, good. Riley, Riley you, know, you don't have to deal with the, those types of things.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't
1: know. Riley, I'm a nut job, okay? But uh, I'm a funny nut job, and I like to have fun off air. I'm as crazy as I am on air as I am off, probably a little crazier. So I, I, do, you know, I do a little bit of nutty things, and I have no shame in the craziness that I do. But, I, I, you know, if you're hanging around me, you know I'm naturally who I am. Just like you're naturally a team player, I'm naturally crazy. So there you go. Anyways, it. Riley, we love you, man. Keep up the good work. We'll talk to you before the season. Uh, I, I tell Speedy all the time, reach out to Riley. I, I want to know how he's doing and get him on the show. Uh, keep up the good work, man. Have a good off season. And uh, right, listen, next year, I know you said you want to play two more years at Duke. But hey, if you have another one of those seasons, and they're saying that you're a top first-round draft pick, I don't know, Riley. <laughs> I, I'd be thinking about uh, – walking my way to the NFL, because I, I think you're going to make it, man. I really do. Maybe you'll you get drafted by yeah. the Jets, and the Jets will uh, – oh, New York will have both New York if, do quarterbacks. If you're, if, you're, if you're a Jet man, not only not only do I love you now, I will cherish your jersey for the rest of my life, okay? And, and, and you actually turn out to be a Super Bowl quarterback. That would be even better for me. So, I mean, to, 50 years – I mean, I haven't been alive for 50 years, but – I 52 years but to watch my team not make the playoffs longest drought in NFL in the NFL still to this day since what 2010 I am sick into my stomach, okay? So. If
2: you if you win a Super Bowl with the Jets, Riley, Errol will construct the statue of you himself. I will,
1: I will be... I will turn into a monk, and I will never speak again, okay? Errol will construct the statue himself, and he will give you a thousand boxes. Statue? Of- I will build a 50-foot you know, metal statue of you outside MetLife Stadium and wherever the Jets are going to be playing in five years because they might be going to Queens. But whatever the case, I will make sure that you're... You're the godsend of the New York Jets forever. And I, listen, I, I, I might as well wish that because I actually know you as a, as a kid and I've watched you grow. So why not watch you play in New York and show everybody what Zach Wilson hasn't done? Win. Sounds like a pretty
4: sweet gig to me. Yeah,
1: yep. I, think you'll be, I think you'll be really loved over here because you're actually not as stubborn, and you'll actually take responsibility, uh, something like my quarterback has not done so far in the last year and a half. So and I will also reward you with a 1,000 boxes of pizza. 1,000 boxes? I'll <laughs> buy you a whole pizzeria. What Are you kidding me? I'll give you a New York pizzeria all on me. Anyways, uh, we love you, man. Keep up the good work, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, bud.
4: Awesome. Appreciate you guys. God bless.
1: There you go. Riley Leonard. I love the kid. Fantastic personality and uh he is going to be a success story. I really do believe it. Mm-hmm. I, uh everything about the kid, uh personality, uh you know, his fortune of how he is grown as a fifth string quarterback to a first string quarterback winning the job, doing what he did, being an MVP at a ball game. I mean, everything about that kid is just it it's superb. You know, I'm not trying to kiss any ass. It's the truth. Where I've we've interviewed kids, and some kids after they become good or they become a face of of a college team, they always seem to change who they are. They don't want to. Oh, they're too good to talk to us. Okay, and and you know, two a year from now when we're on ESPN or we're working, I I always look towards. I I, I never forget where I'm from. I never forget who I am. And that, Riley's one of those people. He's one of those people. He doesn't care. You know what, he, and he is hes going to any agency will bring him in. I'm telling you that right now. I'm sure there's a flock of agents lining up for him. But just who he is as a personality is something that you, you want to play for you. And I don't know Daniel Jones personally. I, I, I spoke to him for like five seconds. I don't know. I've heard people like him. I've heard people don't like him. How could you not like that kid? Mm-hmm. I mean – I, there's nothing not to like about that kid. Yeah, and w- w- during
2: Daniel Jones' pre-draft process, none of the none of the uh, questions with him were ever about his maturity or leadership no. or anything like no. that. And Riley definitely sh- showing a lot. And all the times we've interviewed him, he's a very team-first guy. And David Cutcliffe and that coaching staff done a great job of making a lot of these uh, team-first guys. And Riley definitely showing the leadership both on and off the field this Dude, season. Dude, he,
1: he could have he could leave Duke right now. He can go into the portal and play for anybody he wants. I'm sure there are 16, 20 different teams that would take Riley Leonard as their starting quarterback. I mean, he had the Duke Blue Devils at one point ranked 15th in the country yep. this year, okay? they're nine four. What do you think they're going to be next year better with an open portal and stuff like that? They could really be a top 10 team or maybe a championship competitive team. Who's to say Duke can't do that? Mm-hmm. You know so it's it's when you have somebody that believes in the team process not the himself process like the Spencer Rattlers of the world you you have something and 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 that's where you look at the big picture and and where these kids are going to go Spencer Rattler won't be a first round draft pick i don't care if he stays in college for another 3 years he'll never be a first round draft pick because his personality sucks okay and that's what you do when you're when you're going to the combine what's they interview you right they sit down, they talk to you. You talk to all 30, 32 yeah, teams. Yeah, there's all those like
2: wonderlick questions and all that. Yeah, Yeah,
1: and, and, and the first thing, they want to see how big of a team player you are and, and, and the type of person that you are personality-wise. And, and honestly, everything we know about this kid, you could see that he's team first, team first, team second. Then, you know, obviously, and listen, he should make all the money he can make. He deserves it. He earned it. I mean, to jump from fifth string to first string, Anything that he gets from the NIL, and he could be, dude, he could be a millionaire before he even steps on a football field, okay? And I know we have Preston Carey, who he's a friend of the show. He's a 15-year-old Buick. He's, he's already been, he's been recruited by 20 different teams. He's been offered by Alabama, LSU. You know Ben, and his son, his son's going to be a beast. He is going to be a beast. And Braden Jacobs, too. Brandon Jacobs' son, yep. who, who's a t- five-star recruit, uh, Braylon. Brady, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. Brady Jacobs, who we have a bet on, by the way. Yes. So, <laughs> next year, he's going to be taking me to a Jet and Giant game. I promise you that. But I just, I, you just see these kids for what they are, and you see them grow. Like I love Devin. You know, you know, I'm Devin Kirkwood. Kirkwood Devin Kirkwood. Yep. Cur- I love him. But ever since he became a star in college football, whatever he's a, he's a top corner, a top corner recruit. He forgot. He forgot, you know where you know where he came from.
2: I think he was second team All Pac-12 this year as a corner.
1: Yeah, and he forget where he came from. I mean, have you reached out to Devin? As I he have.
2: I have. Yep. Yeah, he, he's responded in messages, but never he wants to give me a distinct date. So we'll see. I, I mean, hopefully,
1: hopefully we get Devin on the show. And I have a lot of respect for Devin. I love him. I love him. His personality, but you forget where you're from, and a lot of these guys become that. I'm not saying Devin became that. I just I'm saying that you know you wonder if because of what he is and, and what he's turned out to be, he's if you get where, you know, where he started. And that's – Riley didn't. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think Riley will stick with us, and I, I think Riley will be an NFL quarterback, 100% an NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. Where is he going to get drafted? That's the question. Right now, if he were to go into the draft this year, he's a fourth-round draft pick. Um, if he plays another one of those years next year, and he becomes a top – Ten, top fifteen quarterback in the country, which I think he could be. He could be looked at as a second or first round quarterback, and his personality sells. Right, that's the first thing you have to look at because you could trans, you, you can change a quarterback, his game. Look at Dable, look what he did with Josh Allen, look what he did with Daniel Jones. You could find, you can get a quarterback, but you can't teach a personality, mm-hmm. and he's got it. Right, he's got it.
2: And the other thing, too, is you look at Duke as a program, too. 9-4 and they rose into this year, uh, ranked as high as 15 this year, and, again, had a shot for a while to win the ACC. They were undefeated. They uh, that After the loss to Kansas, had a little bit of a slump. But beyond that, had a great season overall. Like Riley was saying, they beat a lot of really good pow- powerhouse teams on the road, too. Miami, uh, Pitt, who won the ACC last year. So this is a team that's on the rise. So if he if, if he even gets drafted either next year or two years from now where he might take the second year at Duke for the expanded playoffs, and then he plays well in a playoff game. That's definitely going to help his draft stock, too, get to that level as well. But, yeah, you're, you're right. The, what we're saying, what we've saying we been saying this whole time with the whole Jets quarterback yeah. controversy with Zach Wilson. The two things you want now in a, in, a, in a quarterback, a young quarterback, is coachability and accuracy, and Riley has both of those things for and sure.
1: And he's, he's a team player.
2: Yes. And, and, and
1: you could see that if Riley loses, he's going to take responsibility for it. He's not going to throw his team under the bus. Right. Something Zach did this year against uh-huh. the Patriots, and it hurt him. It hurt him. Now he's not going to be the starting quarterback moving forward. He he's going to start from behind, and he's going to have to earn his way back to be that starter. And that's why the Jets are going to do everything they can to look for a quarterback in free agency or off of waivers, off off maybe a trade. Right. So it, it just it, it's it's crazy to see when you see the growth of some of these kids. And Riley is ahead of his you know his age. You know He's what seventeen years old. Eighteen, going to be eighteen. I don't know how old he is, but I should ask him that. But Riley is a guy that right now has an opportunity to be, you know, be where he wants to be moving forward. When it comes, he's twenty years old.
2: He's twenty. Okay. So,
1: so Riley, he he says he wants to play two more years. He'll be twenty two. Honestly, Riley has another one of those years this year, and he he, he becomes like a, a guy that leads his team to ten and one or yeah. or. or or 9 and 2.
2: Yeah, if he's ACC champions, that'll that'll definitely get him at least a new year six ball game if that's the case. May again, depending on how the playoff lay out. And then win out. the new, this the, that ball game? Right. Which, which will help his stock too. And especially if he does do the second year with the expanded playoff, you're looking at a, a team that if they are even a
1: two-loss team in the ACC could still make the playoffs. I uh, I think the kid's going to be a I wouldn't be surprised if he's a first-round draft pick because he's going to earn it. But I mean, we've watched this kid from the beginning, mm-hmm. so everything that he's doing right now—am I surprised he's become that? No, I'm not.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I am not, and right. and and that's what makes him special, and 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 that's where teams are going to see him to be special. He might be the next Duke quarterback that becomes a first-round draft pick, and it's not going to be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I I don't know if he'll be a you know a top ten pick. Who knows? It's he, too, yeah, it's too early. It's too early to tell, right early to tell but. <laughs> The kid's got an arm. The kid can use his legs. He runs. He, he's he got to stay healthy, and he has been. Mm-hmm. If he stays healthy and he, sh- he shows that he's durable, phew, this guy's going to make a lot of money. He had 13 rushing
2: touchdowns too this year. So he's going to make the a epitome lo- of a
1: dual threat. He is going to make a lot of money. So uh, it, He's going to make a lot of money before he even steps on a football field. Yep. A col- uh, a NFL football field. I, I, like I said, and he deserves it because you earn. What you where you go and that that's something that I respect from all the college players that we've interviewed and uh, you know and we should we should get some of those guys back on our show just yeah, to see how the, they uh, are the
2: Oregon safety Marco uh, he's he's interested in coming back on as well we just have to find a time I remember him
1: yeah how did he do um, he he was a uh, Giant fan
2: yeah he was the one that was a Giant fan yeah he was a uh, I think he was the second or third safety he rotated a lot he was playing a lot of the uh, Nickel corner as well this year, but uh, didn't get all the full time snaps quite he yet. He will, but but that Oregon defense was very good last year too. And he will, he'll yeah. get his chance. And I, I think this year will be the year that you could see him play a lot more. And uh, yeah, and that Oregon defense with uh, now Dan Lanning, who came from Georgia, very well coached defense, and for a while they were the best team in the Pac-12. Last How's year. our tight end friend doing from Oregon? Oh, yeah, he had, one he of, had a great season. He had a fantastic season, and he was good. At, he was good in the the bowl game they We got to get well. him on. So yeah, I reached out to him. He had, he hasn't responded yet, but yeah. Terrence. Terrence Ferguson was a fantastic had a fantastic year. Might have been actually I'll look that up. He might have been the the all first team all Pac twelve tight end. Last really? year. I think he was. I'll look it up to know for sure. But we yeah, gotta he, get Terrence on he the had a show. Yeah, tremendous. Year. Do you
1: have his number? Uh, I believe so. You should reach out to him and text him. So, uh, but Terrence, you're another guy. I, I see he has a girlfriend now. He's very happy and a big guy he's got some new tattoos on his leg i mean uh, i he he looks like he looks good man he's going to be an nfl co- uh, tight end 100% an nfl tight end yeah. the size and the ability and the speed that that kid has i i would be i would say first second round draft pick tight end uh he's that type of player and and a lot of these guys that we've turned out who's the the corner that we interviewed that was supposed to be a high five star recruit I forget it. Jalen
2: Davies is, Was it Davies? Was it Jalen Davies? He's actually now at UCLA too with Devin. That's the funny part. Is he really? I think yeah, he he yeah, he transferred from Oregon where when we interviewed he was with Oregon, and he was with now, now he's with doing? UCLA. I haven't seen him play as much. I think he's the slot corner on that team. Or the fourth guy. I know Tim
1: and Devin are friends.
2: I know, I know, and yeah, both of them mentioned that respectively in the interviews that we had him on. But yeah, I, I didn't see him play as much this year. I think he was only just the slot guy. But yeah, I have reached out to him too. But again, I haven't, I haven't gotten the response. Now uh, Terrence was a uh, second team. He was a second team guy. How I, many touchdowns did he have this year? I think he was eight. Eight touchdowns? And, he, and he, I think he had one in the bowl game, too,
1: that, that, that Oregon played in, which was a bit, pretty big bowl game. I watched that game, by the way. He looked really good, and he, he's big. He's a big kid, man. He, he's a big, big kid. And he's a ginger. So, <laughs> Terrence, Bad. I remember we interviewed him twice. Right. And uh, the, the, both times in his, in his bedroom and his dogs. Yep. Remember his dogs in the background? That's so. right. But now he's in college and he's doing his thing, and I'm happy for him. I, I'm happy for watching these kids. These these are the, the the future stars, and 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 we could say, you know, years from now that we in it we we've been friends with them, and we we've watched these kids grow all the way into NFL players and mm-hmm. what they turn out to be. I mean, it, it's fantastic. And and you you watch these kids, and you know, a lot of people, a lot of these when they become a, when they get agents, they want to protect their. They want to protect the, these kids, but some of these kids understand where they're from. Riley's one of them. Right. That he he doesn't care about that. He he cares about who supported him from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing about Riley that I will never take away is 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 who he is as a person. He was raised very well. His parents raised him good. Uh, Alabama and. Uh, he, he nothing was given to him; he earned it.
2: Right, uh, Terrence did not have a touchdown in that game, but he did. He was the leading receiver for Oregon. Five catches, eighty-four yards during the season. Had five touchdowns, uh, three hundred ninety-one receiving yards, and thirty-two catches.
1: He's getting there, man. He, he's going to be a he's going to be a high prospect. Six-five, two hundred fifty-five pounds, and still with a lot of. He's in good shape. I watch him. I watch his workouts. Yeah. I watch his workouts. How about our friend from Wisconsin? How's he doing? Oh, he he, he
2: he's interested in coming on. He might be coming on in the next couple of weeks. Love that kid. Yeah, he, he said he was traveling last week, so he couldn't do it. Is last he happy week. that he
1: has a new uh, new coach over there? Yeah,
2: no, we'll we'll find out. I haven't asked him that directly, but yeah, Luke Fickle going to Wisconsin definitely. It's gonna will, help him. Yeah, definitely gonna help him out.
1: And he's 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 been fighting injury, right? He I did. feel bad for him. Yeah,
2: he 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 couldn't play last year because. But of I think that this answer, might be but...
1: the breakout year that he's going to get a chance to play. and He's going to get to start, so he's got to earn his spot. But uh, he was a he was a good prospect. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm I'm looking. I, I like all these kids. We we've interviewed a couple of good quarterbacks too. So um, I wonder how they're doing. Riley has been the one that's really jumped. You know, out yeah. of all the quarterbacks that we've interviewed, he's the one that's jumped. Right. You know. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I'm curious with the two we've had uh, at Kansas State as well, if they're going to finally get their chance to start because uh, Adrian Martinez was like a fifth-year senior that was there. He was like kind of like people were making the jokes down with Stetson Bennett, like how long, much longer he's going to stay in college football. He was another one of those guys. Um, Adrian Lara, who we had on when he was with Washington State, and then Jake Rubley as well. Uh, How's Rubley doing? Uh, he didn't, Again, he didn't play much because he was a third-string guy, but hopefully he gets a chance now to do so now that <laughs> Adrian Martinez, like this super senior, he's like 25 years old, is going to be gone finally.
1: Yeah, well... <laughs> He's not gonna be a high draft pick, that's for sure. No, I know,
2: but I, it was funny, like their game against T C U when they played against their in the regular season, that was a pretty close game. Um the Martinez got hurt, they put in their other back of a senior guy and he threw an interception and then Jake came in, I think Jake came in after he got hurt and then he did well. I think he led a drive that led him to a field goal or
1: something like that. Yep. And then the other guy came back and he threw an interception. I'm like, Yeah, Jake wouldn't have done that. No. <laughs> I'm I'm looking to see some of these kids start to develop. Uh, like I said, we watch Riley develop. We've mm-hmm. watched some of these guys. Uh, Devin's really developed. I think Devin's going to By I wouldn't say he has a chance. If he wants to go to the NFL draft next year, he could. Right. I think he'll stay in, even if he has a good year, because if he's first team, all, all American, Devin's going into the draft. But I think Devin's two years away from being that, that corner that, where he can jump from either a second or first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. And, Corners his size that have his speed and his ability, they're very rare. A.K.A. Mm-hmm. one that's playing for the Jets, right. Sauce Garner. 6'3", Devin's 6'3". Speed, speed, you know, speed like the lightning. This guy was an all-world running track and field runner. Uh, long, Devin's long. So, and he can do a lot of things that Sauce. Now, Sauce hasn't given up a t- He didn't give it t- a touchdown in college. Now, Devin did. But Devin's still a kid that is learning the game because remember he didn't start playing football till later in his career. Right. Uh-huh. So he's still, you know, he's starting from behind. I mean, Sauce started playing when he was seven, so a six or some crazy number like that. And you know, that's how he got his name. Right. So I, I just I I think Devin has a tremendous upside. The question is, um, as he keeps growing, does he forget who uh, you know? Who was there from the? Oh, well, you don't
2: have to worry about coachability with Devin because he's a coach himself. So he yes. coached an undefeated team, a youth team. <laughs> Devin? Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that the last time he was on the show. He, his his uh, Pee Wee football team that he coached was undefeated. Was it Devin?
1: Was it Devin? It wasn't Devin. I think it was Wisconsin. Devin. Wisconsin. Or was, it was Al. Okay. It was Al. Okay. Al was one. Oh yeah.
2: You know what it was? No, no. Devin did coach too, but he yeah. he, he his team. I don't think they were undefeated, but his team didn't allow a passing touchdown. Yeah. That's what it was. Al, Al it was. was the one. Al was the, the one, one, one that was undefeated. Yes, yes you're right. Al's the one, and Christ. I and
1: I like Al too. I've always liked Al. Yeah, he
2: and, might be coming on in the next two weeks. He said he was interested in again. Yeah,
1: so he's a good kid. I just feel bad luck, just bad luck, yeah. and, and as it falls, and, You know, you watch these kids, and they, they they some of them just they're growing, and and I I love it, and I, and I I want to thank somebody, and and you know who I'm talking about? She helped us bring these guys on. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead, Speedy.
2: Uh, Jillian. That was Jillian. Yes, I'd like to thank... All all the college
1: guys were Jillian. I would like to thank Jillian for reaching out. And you should reach out to some of the new college kids, high school kids that are coming out. There's a quarterback um, uh, who throws lefty and righty. Oh, wow. Yes. That's fascinating. Yes. He throws lefty and righty. And he just had surgery on one of his shoulders. But... This kid is ready being recruited. I think he's like fourteen, fifteen years yeah, old. Yeah, I, I love that. And he throws <laughs> lefty trade. Yeah. yeah, he throws lefty and righty, just as good as left, just sure. as good as right. I gotta find out. I forgot, I forgot his name. Uh, but I see him post things on Twitter all the time, and I would love to get him on the show. That's got to be impossible to game plan for something like that. Guy can just switch hands on the spot. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> That's good. insane. He, I've watched some of his training and stuff like that. It's unbelievable. Wow. I mean, accurate as hell on both arms. And he's throwing. He's got the footballs throwing like this. He's throwing both of them. And it, perfect spiral still. Perfect. Right. So And he's got great legs, too, they say. Wow. So uh, he can run. So, uh, interesting. That's as unique of a prototype as you can get. Well, you want – obviously, quarterbacks like that are a dime a dozen. And this kid, actually, he's being recruited already. When when he gets an opportunity, obviously, uh, the right coach could really – change the whole aspect of the game of football. Mm-hmm. you know. So <laughs> That'd be quite a coaching job. I, like I don't think coaches could plan the coach like that. Plan the coach? Yeah. How are you going to plan against him? I know. Big, uh, even opposing coaches, too. Yeah, Defensive I mean, game planning. And yeah. you know, you, when you, just like a boxer. You're a southpaw and you can change to fighting right-hander. It throws, it throws the defense off. It throws everybody off on how to defend them. Right. So to have a guy that could switch both arms and use on different plays, do different things with his arm... It it's unique, and this kid this kid has it. That's crazy. Yeah, I'll I'll get you his name. I'll show you some of the things. Yeah, high school quarterback. Yes, Ben. High school, Mikey Gow. Yes, that's his name, Mikey Gow. That that's right. Mm -hmm. It is Mikey Gow. So, high school quarterback. Yes, and I saw I saw some of his videos. It was posted up on social media, and I was like, who the hell is this kid? And And they were talking about this kid, and I watched his workouts, and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? I mean, accurate as hell, too, bro. Accurate as hell. It, and he could throw, like, 50 yards on both arms, 60 yards wow. with both his arms. So it, the arm strength, the ability. They say he can move inside. He just had surgery. I saw him post stuff um, on his Twitter I, about a, four or five months ago. I he had a Twitter, and his father posted something up. Uh, so uh, I'm—it it is Mikey Gao, so you should look him up. Hmm. And he's a kid that you definitely we definitely should interview.
2: That's so cool.
1: Yeah, so, and, uh, yeah, so, there we go. Um, Flyers defenseman Ivan Provorov uh, refuses to participate in Team's Pride Night Ceremony. Okay. Obviously, the world has changed. Okay? The world and, uh, obviously, sexist people, um, racist people, you know, and when you when you see something like this, okay, and this is gay pride, right? Mm-hmm. Pride. Yep. Um, when you see something like this, I understand that he's a religious person. I understand that he doesn't obviously respect that kind of nature because in the Bible it says that you shouldn't be doing that. But the world has changed, and you, as a player, as a face. One of the faces, young faces of an organization, you need to show that even though you don't like it, you have to respect it. And this is going to hurt you know, him as a player because there are other players that are, obviously have their own thoughts to the situation for what it is. And a lot of people, there are a lot of players in the NHL, just as much as there's a lot of NFL players, that try to hide their sexuality because they're afraid how people are going to look at them as men or as people because of that origin of belief. But for Yvonne to do something like this and, and not participate to it, it just makes him look bad. It makes the team look bad. Yeah. It, it really does. And, it, and this is a young team a team that's not playing good hockey right now. They don't need the spotlight on them. And now you have, this is a bad spotlight on a player that is young. He's one of your youngsters. He's played really well this year, too. He's standing out. He's not even, nobody's going to care how well he plays. Right. People are going to look at him and say, this is the negative light uh, on uh, his beliefs. Right. And again, we've
2: seen these progression in a lot of different sports now where these guys have, have come out. We saw them in the NFL with Carl Nassib a couple mm-hmm. of years ago uh, yep. coming out and the Ra- the Raiders teammates all rallied and supported him. Yep. Now they had their other issues. So obviously that year off the field too, but still they rallied around that kind of thing. We saw, we saw it in, we saw it in baseball. We interviewed Dale Scott as an umpire. Took, remember how he was saying how, how long it took for him to be able to come out. These kinds of things are very hard to do. And if the NHL is going to, if there's an n h l player in that kind of circumstance too, they might not know it they might not be able to reveal that kind of thing and the n h l media not being as powerful as some of the other sports might even be, even be even be harder for so for this kind of thing to go down like this. These religious values—it's a Russian Orthodox, it's a Russian Orthodox religious value that he has. Which, again, it, with the conflicts politically with Russia too, there's already some issues there. It doesn't—it's something that really does not need to be publicized like that. He didn't come out of the locker room. He didn't wear wear the jersey. Like, okay, I, I mean, you have to be able to embrace it. This is a this is a NHL that's trying to be progressive as a league. We've seen Gary Bettman have issues with that in the past. Just trying to grow the game, grow the league, and. They've had issues with domestic violence. They've had issues with all the, all the all the racism in the past too, internationally. And this is a bad look for him. It's a really bad look, like you're saying, for the organization to be able to try to have this Pride Night, a great Pride Night, and then just have a player just not participating in it at all is a really bad look. And again, I, he's he's a guy that how is his team gonna look at him? Yeah, uh, he's a everybody
1: guy, else is participating, he,
2: but he's not. He's a guy that's a veteran guy too. That that the Flyers he's been a constant in this organization since he's come up. I think it was in 2017 and still very young too. Yeah. He's still, he's still young, but he's, he's one of the more longer tenured flyers because the flyers have brought in a lot of free agents guys. So he's like one of the leaders on that defense, a defense that has gone through a lot of turmoil. And that's a really bad look for a guy that's supposed to be in that leadership type role. And a guy that, you, you are you're to create that kind of locker room culture in a locker room that already has a lot of big egos as it is, and a coach in John Tortorella that definitely has a big ego in itself. So you're gonna you're you're gonna create a lack of trust with your teammates in that sense too. It's just a really bad look for
1: him, and again, it's a really bad look for a league that's trying to spread. this I, I'll message. tell you this: watching this Islander game, they were up one nothing. They gave up two goals back to back, and now they're chasing. They have a power play. They couldn't even get a shot on net. I mean, Boston had more shots in that. On that power play than they did, I mean, how do they expect to come back in this game? I mean, except luck, okay? It, it just—it's horrible. This offense is horrible. I mean, Lou Lamoriello needs to do something because their they, their schedule is hard, okay? And I'm not saying it's easy, but you play what's on your schedule. And this Boston team, this is a good Boston team, and I understand two to one, it's competitive, but not enough. You're 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 trying to compete. You're trying to catch up to the teams in front of you. You need to. Get points. Yeah, at, I, least, at least
2: force overtime.
1: Yeah, you need to get points and you're playing at home, right? They're at home, right? Yeah, the at home. Uh-huh. And and you and you you can't score. That's a problem. How do you expect to win? You got Pittsburgh that's two games in hand on you. All right. I, I just this is embarrassing. I don't care what Lou says. Lou needs to make a trade like now. I wouldn't even wait until the trade deadline. This team is is craving offense. They don't have any. And it, 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 you you send you send down Roddy. Well, why you did that? I don't understand. Are you looking to trade him? I mean, no, it's would probably uh, be the only reason. I, I mean, why would you send him down? I mean, I I like Timo Meyer. He's a good player. That's great. You you can't trade away your your young prospects for guys like that. Trade away first round draft picks. Who do we got? Is it Jeff? It is Jeff. Jeff, what's up, man?
0: Harrison, they're playing the Bruins top tonight. I'm watching the game, dude. They can't score, man. It's, right, but right, but in – and I know you're going to hate this, right? But in fairness, they're playing the best team in hockey. No, I they're understand. Playing, and, 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 and right now, Linus Allmark has the triple crown for, for goalies. Yes, he does. He's got, the, he's, got the, he's got the best save percentage, the best goals Oh, against, he's winning the Venzina Trophy. Yeah, he is. Well, I, listen – Slow down, buddy. It's the first half of the season. It doesn't matter.
1: It doesn't matter the way the Bruins are playing defense. They're a very good defensive team. They're one of the best in, if not the best
0: in the NFL. Right, right, but it's right, but it's a two to one. Like, look, if you want to, if you want to bury the Islanders for the, the the rest of their season, fine, go for it. But they're playing the the best team in hockey. Really tough tonight. They put a goal on the board. It's only two to one. And you're crying about like they're not gonna win. It's like the Bruins. They're not gonna win every game. They might be the best. They're not. They're not gonna win every game. Like they're playing the Bruins tough right now. How can you be killing them for what they're doing tonight? Because they've been on the pa- They won the power play. They didn't get one shot. Oh Jesus Christ! Got, but Bergeron oh, got hit in the boy. face.
1: He got hit in the face. He's bleeding, man. That
0: hurts. Why? Why? Like why does? Why can't I have anything nice?
2: Oh, that was Pasternak's own shot. Too. That, 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 that deflected sucks. off
1: his face. Yeah, that I mean, it just is what it is. Wow, that sucks. But he'll be fine. He's a hockey player. I wouldn't be surprised.
2: if oh, he's, he's one of the, the th- toughest
1: guys in the league. <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if
2: he comes back. I just don't get
0: how you. Could, oh, that's what happened. It's deflected. To I said, uh, yeah. I said yeah. It deflected, oh, yeah. Though. That's good. But I don't. I don't. I still don't get how you can be burying the Islanders for. Uh, this is a pretty good. They owned the first period. They were leading the first period one to nothing. They, they they owned that first period. They were a very good team in that first period. I, I understand and in the second period
1: they gave back <laughs> goals within five or six minutes. I mean, you, you can't you can't do this against the Bruins. You can't give them confidence that they can take the lead and take control of the game. Yeah, you're at home. You should have the advantage at home. And the Bruins hey, Bruins just completely shut them down. They're offense. Now the Islanders need to shut this power play down because if they don't if they if they don't and Bruins get a three one lead, the game's over. Because the Islanders can't score. They're having problems putting the puck in the net. They should have beaten Washington last uh, the, the two, 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 two days ago. They were up three to nothing, and you gave <clears throat> up three goals. You were up three to nothing well, with, with, with 10 minutes left in the second pe- period, and then you gave up back to back goals, and then in the third period, you gave up another goal, and then lost in overtime. You can't do
0: that. I, that, I mean, that's fine. I get, look, dude, I get what you're saying. If you got a problem. There it is. Here we go. There it is. That's what I'm talking about, Brad Marchand. You rat-face killer. Wow. <laughs> I love this dude. I love the Most underrated hockey player in all of the NHL. Game's the over. most underrated. Game's over.
1: <laughs> <Not to clears throat> put a cork in it. It's over. There's By the way, way, that was a
0: great play. That was a great passing play in the whole thing. That was fucking terrific. I am not a, I, I am terrific. not a valamo fan, so that's just
1: me. So... Uh, yeah, that's as good of a pass as But what was, it, but what was a, he I, gonna I'm not I understand? There? I'm not a Valamo fan. I, I don't like him. So that's that's just me. I don't like
0: him. But again, they played Boston really tough tonight. That that there no goalie in the league was stopping that shot. Like just it wasn't happening. Because they had to cover Pasternak because that's Posternak's move is yeah. you know, Posternak is basically copying Ovechkin where he just stands right. at that left that left circle and fires one timers. So Varlamov had to come in. no goalie was stopping that one.
1: Posternak's gonna that make just, himself a lot of money
0: in the offseason, let me tell you. Yep. Probably they just got a hell of a deal on Pavel Zaka. That was a great contract for Pavel Zaka. Mm-hmm. All the Devils fans hated Pavel Zaka. <laughs> I remember that. And
2: now he's come new life again with the Bruins.
0: Yeah, I we'll uh, see. Yeah, listen. I mean, it happens sometimes. It's a change of scenery. Sometimes it's what I, it's happened with the Bruins, where they've lost guys and they've gone to other places and been really good when they weren't very good with Boston. You know. Mm-hmm. So you know, just, you know, it's the style of hockey they're playing. But I, right. I don't know, man. I, like, like I said to you you want to kill the Islanders for the rest of their season, go for it. I think they've been playing Boston tough tonight. Yeah. Well, they, they have to may it out of hand because it's the third period and they may start to, well, they got a power play too, but, they may start to press, who knows, so maybe they give up more goals. But I think this has been a pretty good game for the Islanders. Sir. I think the
1: Islanders need to find a, find a goal scorer. They
0: don't have one. Well, do. they have the greatest goal scorer in the NHL, Matt Barzell. He's not the greatest goal scorer in the NHL. <laughs> the best player in the NHL, Matt Barzell.
1: Who said that? Don't Why? say I did, because right. <laughs> I, I never said that. Don't don't you? you know? That yeah.
2: The... It, it, no, it, it, it's a reverse universe of Lyle <coughs> saying that. No, Lyle says he's the most no, I, ob- that's overrated. That's why I said it's player. the reverse universe. It, somewhere in another parallel
1: universe, Lyle says he's the best player in the NHL. <laughs> you know what's funny? I, Mikey C said something about that the other day, and I said, "Mike, <clears> I, I understand you're a hockey fan and stuff like that. You you have a player, you have a player like Matthew Barzell. You had a chance. You gave him a contract." You had a chance to get so many players to play with this kid, and you failed to do it. And you're going to blame this kid because he they don't have a guy that could play with him, that could skate with him. That's the problem.
0: They find well, a guy the, that can uh, skate with him. They had the guy and they left him unprotected. He's playing in Seattle now. Who who's that kid Everly? that's playing in Seattle? Uh, Everly. Everly. Right. They let Everly go. Maybe he was part of the, you know, maybe he was the straw that was stirring the
1: drink for them then. They had Roddy. They should have left him up. Now they send him down to the NHL, which scares me to think that they're going to trade him. They're going to use him as a trade chip to, to get who they want, which doesn't make any sense. Like, I like Tim O'Meier. I think he's going to be good. I think he's a good player. He's 26 years old. He's one of the better players right now in the NHL. I am not giving up the farm for one player. I'm not doing it. And It really sets the team back. And I understand what Lou's trying to do, but Lou failed in the offseason. He did. He failed because he had a chance to bring in an offensive player. He had three times to bring in three offensive players, and he failed on it. And that's why the Islanders can't score. And I want to hear about well, Zach Barisi.
0: But, but, but it's not even just that. The offensive players that he did choose and did, did give contracts to are underperforming. What's going on with your boy Palmieri there? He's not playing well, and they I, just gave him a bunch of money. I'm not a big Kyle Palmieri fan. Guys, right, to- but they gave him – they traded for him, and then everyone was like, oh, this is a great trade, and then they gave him a bunch of money, and
1: he's not performing. They didn't – but- I, I, right now, they just – <clears throat> their lines are just not good. I, I, they got to figure out how – how they're going to place these lines. And I like Lambert. I think he's a good coach, but I, I think they're pressing too much defensively when they, they, they need to play their game. And and you see the difference offensively. It opens up the offense. But if the offense isn't putting the puck in the net, what does it really matter how, how much you're pressing defensively? It doesn't make sense. And that's why Lambert needs to oh. – he's back. He's back on – look at him.
0: Oh, look at his nose. Just blown out. He's a tough Looks like guy. an ex-girlfriend. Oh, he's coming among. back on. He's the oh, tough man. guy. He's one of the toughest guys in the league. <laughs> Dude, easily one of the toughest guys. He played an entire playoffs with a collapsed long yep, brow. Correct. He's, he's, that is – That is ins- do you know how insane that is? Unheard of. I, l- listen, unheard of. I'm not a Bruins fan. I don't like – I like Brad
1: Marchand because I've told you the story about, sure. uh, about that. I would love to go to – I would love to go to the NHL Stanley Cup and 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 interview him again because he's crazy. And I, I like some of the players. I I I love Greg McElroy. I, Greg McElroy. I like McElroy. Greg McElroy. I, 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 I say <laughs> Greg McElroy. I like McElroy. No, he's well, an Alabama quarterback. He can't be good. He's got he's <laughs> to be better for the Bruins than he was for the Jets. You're probably right. Um, uh, McElroy, I I like him. I I know his family. He's a good kid. He's he, and. Has he played this year? I don't even think he's played yet. Yeah. No, he's Just definitely, he, back? He, he, scored, back? he scored a tonight. He oh, I goal tonight. He's one of the goal scorers.
0: I, I haven't watched the game, bro. I'm doing Skated a into Skated to the puck at 70 miles an hour and ripped one I'm sure his family's
1: <laughs> at the game right now, you know, so, and. Well, uh,
0: this is a, this is a great two night stretch for us. We're going to be able to body bag all of New York. We get the Rangers tomorrow night, eat shit beef.
1: Yeah, but I have a feeling the, the Rangers will beat them because they they're, they're not <laughs> going to play, all, they'll, they'll be, they'll be in tired mode.
0: And yeah, well, you got to play back-to-back nights. That's part of it. And so what? They'll put Swayman in net. Allmark will play. Swayman will play. And it'll just be it'll be it'll be what it is. Maybe we can get Bergeron a new nose. See what happens.
1: <laughs> new nose? I don't think he's going to need a new nose. It'll probably make him play harder and better, <laughs> knowing him. So. No,
0: yeah, no. The, the, it, right now is the best time for him to be playing because it hasn't coagulated and crusted over yet. You w- wait until that happens, and then you can't breathe out of the damn thing.
1: I like I like yeah. the coagulating.
0: That's what blood <laughs> I, I, does. It coagulates. <laughs>
2: Errol's Don't. new favorite word that he'll never pronounce if he said it five times. Ah, that's
1: not true. I just pronounced it right
0: now. For now. <laughs> By the way, what a weekend of football, huh, boys? How, how did your picks end up? I was four and two. I was five and one. Yeah. Yeah, I was five and one as well. What game did you lose, Petey? Uh Although my team was the only one I didn't trust. And They won. Oh, jeez. Yeah, mine Tom Brady it's, a little too much. That's no, what no, I,
2: I, I picked, I picked Dallas, but I, but
1: I was right about Jacksonville. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm back, kids. kids. I was right that I thought the the Dallas game was going to be a blowout.
0: Yeah, you were. I, I you were the one that. <clears> yep, that's true. I, I mean, I mean, think about what that Jacksonville game would have been if Jacksonville had a good quarterback.
1: He's that just, would have been unbelievable. He's so stupid. You're such a dope. Yeah, you really are. But hey, listen. Why? Hey, listen. He he didn't look good in the first
0: half. So yeah, but those interceptions. In the, first the first one. Yeah, no, not really. The first interception was like a volleyball. No, the, the, the diving. The
2: place. diving. The diving one with Samuel was really
0: good too. That was a nice play. Right. I mean, it wasn't. They weren't all like bad throws. He just got unlucky. And dude, then he, dude he didn't. Terrific he didn't, in the second he, half. Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't look good
1: in the first half. And, and, and it's amazing how Doug first Peterson... playoff game, though. First playoff game. When like Peterson, that's just going to happen. When Peterson, uh, you know, when he was pulled to the side by the analyst and she asked him questions, and he says, what do we have to do? we got to simplify it, get in the tempo so we can get out on the field and do what he does. And he did. He And did, Doug Peterson, exactly what he said at the half, he did in the second half. And, and that was Right, the but I think there.
0: there's... I think you gotta like you know leave some room forever here, right? Like because it is his first ever NFL playoff game, the nerves must have been there. He didn't, and for him to battle back after that, dude, he could have so easily just packed it up and been scared and said, "Screw it!" Like I we're hope he lose. beats the
1: Kansas City Chiefs this week. I really do. I do not want to see Patrick Mahomes go go to the AFC title game and I think to they his. have they, a shot in that game. I hope he does. I, I they play close really- the first <laughs> meeting. I, think I really hope 10. they do. I, it would be a great upset. And I would love to see Patrick Mahomes in his frog, you know, voice, tell me, "Well, we didn't have a game. We didn't play the game that we were we were out there to play." I mean, I, I call I, him Darlene. Oh man, I hate his voice, but he's some player. But it, it's, I, I, I just, I would love to see the Jaguars just surprise. I, and I'll tell you this right now, the Cowboys, and I know Tampa is different. If the Cowboys play defensively like that against Brock Purdy and puts pressure on him. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys. Yeah, that's wouldn't. not gonna. That's not gonna happen. Because the Niners actually have an offense. Yeah, they line do. The
0: left side, <laughs> the right side's a little. In, you know, the left Tampa side. Tampa just had a dude come back that's missing his MCL, ACL, and PCL to play center again in Ryan Jensen. that was ridiculous. Yeah. Like that's how bad their offensive line was, and that's what they went to do. So San Francisco's offensive line's not going to be like that. Yeah, I understand. That. They also have a lot of good. Design I understand that, for him but too, I, I
1: still, as much as. As much as Brock Purdy's looked good, he hasn't – besides the the Seattle, the the Seattle Seahawks, he hasn't beaten anybody good. And I, I want to see it, it – maybe if the Cowboys put pressure on him and throw him off his set,
0: maybe that that will change what he looks like as a rookie. It's not going to happen. Stop even thinking that. The Bead will never have anything nice. <laughs> he will never have anything nice. The Rangers are going to lose tomorrow night, then he's going to be all set. Oh, the Rangers lost. And then the Cowboys are going to dump against San Francisco – he never gets any playoff wins. Dude, when are you gonna learn? Mm. It's interesting. It's very interesting. This it's game. never gonna happen. Oh, I... Dak played. Dak played a, a, an okay game. Oh, he played a good game. Just... Stop. He did. He played good. No. I mean, come on. He played good. Did he he play good? Because the first couple of drives, he looked terrible, and then it was just like... The first
1: drive, hold on. The first drive, and actually second drive, too. Mm -hmm. First and second drive were not good. Right, so I said the first couple of
0: drives,
1: he looked terrible. Yes, he was forcing the ball. But after that he was unstoppable you couldn't stop him everything yeah he went for what, what was he 11 for 11
0: after the first yeah, two drives right. or something he was, he when was they fantastic. realized that the Buccaneers fantastic. were
2: doing everything they could to take out Lamb he was spreading it around nicely after that he was fantastic right
0: yeah no he he got it together the Bucs blew their chance at rattling Prescott because like I said he was going to feel like he was under pressure and that's what he played like the first two drives and the Bucks missed dude Shocking the Tom Brady intercept the, no, the Tom Brady interception that's a 14 point swing Mm-hmm. Rather than scoring seven, you gave up seven, and like then you're pressing, and then it's easy to play from ahead. Let's see what Dak does when he faces adversity. He's got to play from behind. No, and I'm, I'm I want to see. I listen. I, I, I would like to
1: see that. I think the game's going to be a lot
0: closer than people think. I do. I, I no. Think, I do. No. I do. No. Fourth fourth string. Brock Purdy is going <laughs> to body bag the Cowboys because that's what happens. The, if it can go wrong, it will go wrong for the Cowboys. I just, the, the Cowboys are the NFC's Los Angeles Chargers. Nice. Great analogy, Jeff. I like it.
1: Well, the, the Chargers, I, I, I have no idea why they didn't fire Staley. I, it doesn't make any sense. Because they just hired him. I, first of all, he's been there for two years. This is his second year. I, I don't give him a third year. You, you embarrassed the organization. You were up 27, at one point, 27 nothing. Twenty-seven, nothing. The Chargers find right. great new ways to lose. You're up twenty-seven, right, nothing, and you have a quarterback under- like
0: Justin Herbert. Right, but but you got you got to understand. Staley went into that second half going, "Oh, Trevor Lawrence, he's no good." He's no, I, I don't think no he, I, I don't think he was thinking that. I, I he, I, he was. He was going. Thank God, it's not Zach Wilson. We'd be in trouble. Trevor Lawrence, no problem. The, the,
2: the best part was I think towards the end of the second quarter, there
1: are already like, players starting to celebrate early too. <clears> you are you are an idiot. Why why do you have to bring up Zach Wilson? We're not even talking about him. We're not even speaking well, about him. Well, they were in the him drop him. class. They were in that drop class. Good. Who cares? Zach Wilson is uh you know, he's gonna be But benched. That was, but he's that was be, the choice for the Jaguars. The he's Jaguars be, made the wrong
0: choice. He's
1: going to be pumping iron on the bench next year as whoever they bring in, and I I don't I'm I'm so I, I, Jeff fans are joking around, thinking Tom Brady. It's not Tom Brady. It's never going to happen. It's Derek
0: Carr. It's, it's going to be Derek. Carr. I think so
1: too. I think it's I think it's Derek Carr too because you. I, I'm not throwing away first round draft picks for Lamar, and I'm not throwing first round or second round draft picks for Aaron. Now, if they can. I get... mean,
0: it'll be interesting to see where where things shake out, right? Like, where does Aaron? That... <laughs> Where's Aaron Rodgers play next year? I think he stays in Green Bay, but that's a question. Where is he going? You think he stays in you Green know? Bay? I, I don't think so. Cause, yes,
1: because Jordan Love, Jordan Love um, came out. Trade me if if that's going to happen. And
0: uh, yeah, well, players don't get to pick where they want to go, especially back quarterbacks. I would quarterbacks. agree. I would agree, but we'll see.
1: I I think you have to look at the big picture. And Aaron Rodgers, where's Brady going? He's not going
0: to play in Tampa. Is he going to Vegas? I think is he he's, going to Miami?
1: I think he's I think he's going back to the Patriots. That's what I think. No, that's not
0: ever happening.
1: I think it's going not ever happening. I think it's going to happen. I,
0: I really. It's don't. not going to happen. Did you see him sign the ball, to Logan Ryan, this week? What? What do you? What, what do you say? What is that? No, Logan I, Ryan. Lo, Logan Ryan took the ball that he when he when he was with the Titans and intercepted Tom Brady. Oh, at the end Tom of their Brady. playoff game. Yes. Yes. And it, and he it got Tom Brady to sign the ball that says uh, "put the date on it" and signed it and said, "my last pass is a Patriot." Oh, that happened. Man. That happened four days ago.
1: Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. You know that. <clears throat>
0: you you, you uh, listen. You sign that ball says my last pass is a Patriot. You probably don't have any claim. That's to a collectibles
1: that. item. If he does. <laughs> <laughs> well, Logan Ryan owns it.
0: He's not going to end up being. A I mean, Patriot. nobody thought he and was I- coming back. Did anybody think he was coming back? <clears throat> Come on, man. Nobody. Belichick's got. Belichick's got too, much. He, he's too prideful, right? Where like he, right. he wanted to let Brady go earlier and Croft made him keep him. So yeah, he's exactly. not bringing him back. I mean, back. Vegas right, is
1: yes. interesting. Jimmy Garoppolo could go back <clears throat> to, to, to the Patriots. I could see that. Happening. They're not,
0: they're sticking with this shit show. And Bill O'Brien's going to be their offensive coordinator. Well, if
1: Bill O'Brien comes in and will help him. That's for sure. Anything's uh, an upgrade over dude, what they Anyone's going to be better <laughs> than that Trisha, but, like, <laughs> No, no, Bill, Bill, Bill O'Brien's a good offensive coordinator. He is. I mean, is he? I think he is. I think he's very good. So I,
0: I don't know. Couldn't beat Georgia. Uh,
1: here it is. <laughs> the back-to-back what? national champions.
0: Here it is. Put some respect on their name, Speedy. Of course. <laughs> the Georgia We're saying. back-to-back champions. Back-to-back yeah. national champions. Could it just be? remember who was on Georgia first.
1: Could it be back-to-back-to-back? Yes, back-to-back? know, Jeff. Could it be back-to-back-to-back? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dude, go and look at their schedule. They have maybe the easiest schedule in no, the No, we, we
1: did that last week. Yeah,
0: it's very easy for them. Wildly then, easy is uh, for for an SEC team. That's is the quarterback really coming back? Stuff. in Stetson, is he coming back? Dude, they got the they got the number one quarterback in the class going there. Oh yeah.
1: Is yeah, that, they got. The, is Stetson coming uh, back? Is he is he going back?
0: No, he's done. He's all no, done. Oh, he's done.
1: Yeah, uh, all right. Yeah, he's all done. he's a fifty-year no, oh,
0: guy oh, Oh you're talking about Georgia. I thought you were talking about Tennessee. Tennessee's got the number one quarterback coming in. Yeah, I'm talking about Georgia. Dude, who's who's going to be starting for they'll them? Fi- they'll find someone. They dude, they're Georgia. They always Dude, you realize Georgia might have put the like might ha- be quarterback university? Like they put the most quarterbacks in the league, not that they all succeed, but dude, Aaron Murray was an all-time Aaron SEC Murray was a fantastic match. SEC quarterback. Yeah. Right. Matt Matthew Stafford was there like you know, um, they had uh, Justin Fields was there to begin with, like they did, they sneakily had a lot of good quarterbacks from yeah. uh, JT Daniels. Uh, they, you know, I'm sure that they got some dude there. Um,
1: I'm, I'm sure. I'm, of it. I'm, but you know, Stetson, he, the he did back to back years and it's not easy to win those games. You you know that. So uh, when you're, when your backs against the wall, you have a young guy, you know, going out there. But sometimes you in.
0: just find those dudes. Was Greg Mathelroy any good? No, but he won a ton oh, of he, brought he brought him in. He brought him in. No, 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 I just, no, no I'm no. just messing. Saying, like, I'm as messing, far I'm as, messing. like, in college, like, he was great in, in college. He was. Uh, he without, sucked as an NFL quarterback. And he had a lot right. to say well, about everywhere he played. What, but that's not what we're talking about. I know. That's not at all what we're I talking know, but about. he sucked. I, but, uh, fine. Uh, I'll drop that one and I'll throw in A.J. McCown. Eugene right. McCarron was a really good college
2: quarterback. Jeff is, uh, is I know he's listed on the roster. Is Jackson Muschamp Will Muschamp's son? He's yes. on the roster. Yeah, he's on the yes. roster. They have uh hit. They have him. They have Colin Drake, Carson Beck. Uh, two fun names here. Brock Vandegrift. They'll
1: get somebody in the
2: portal. and Gunnar Stockton.
0: <laughs> They'll get somebody in the pool. Oh, Gunnar Stockton's a player. That that kid played. um Oh shit! Well, they wear all black uniforms. I'm forgetting what their um. Oh that kid's so good he played what's the team? It's a high school team they were at uh, his uniforms. high school it's is Rab-
2: Raboon County, R A B U N County. Yeah, they,
0: yeah, he's like a he's a county kid. They have awesome uniforms. They're like all black, dude. It's crazy. Oh, okay. But he's yeah, he can play. He's a good player. Jackson Muschamp is a joke, bro. <laughs>
2: I just I was joke. wondering. I didn't, I didn't know his. I didn't know this guy was in the league already. <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it's I mean, it's league. just one of those it's one of those things that's like when you see Oklahoma and you see that idiot stoops kid playing playing wide receiver and going, like, Oh well, yeah, get this kid off the team.
2: Oh well, yeah, and uh, Clemson has it too with hit with Dabos son too on the team. Well. Oh,
0: it's just a it's just a joke, isn't it? Yeah. That like you know like you know these kids would be at Troy State if their daddy wasn't the head coach. It's just a joke. Troy State, <laughs>
2: Uh, I just found it. I just found it funny that uh, the Orange Bowl against Tennessee, he he botched the he he messed up the snap or whatever it was on the first field goal, and then it rattled the kicker, and he missed three more after that. Uh.
0: Yeah, I always I always laugh when like you know George will be up like you know like they were in that game, and all of a sudden you see that idiot make like a catch or make like a play, and they're like, oh, there's the mush champ kid, and you're like, yeah, do you see where he's playing at the end of the bench? He's basically Bobby Boucher, only without the talent. <laughs> this is So stupid. He's a...
1: <laughs>
0: like that's what it is.
1: Uh
0: Julian right?
1: uh Julian Stance Julia Sands. Remember Arachnophobia? Remember that movie Arachnophobia? Sure. The British guy. Uh he was like the doctor. <clears throat> uh a room with a view, the star reported missing after hiking in California. Mm. They haven't found him. Wow. He's missing. Damn.
0: So No great, not great.
1: And then oh, Josh got one for Josh, an incredible p- performer, Ring of Honor wrestler Jay Briscoe killed in a car accident oh, at, wow. at the age of thirty-eight. Oh my god!
0: Yeah, damn, that's yeah. brutal. I'll get. I'll give you one. It's Susanna Hoff's birthday today. Mm-hmm. Susanna Hoff's amazing. By the way,
1: the Cowboys. Uh, Brett Marr missed four straight. <laughs> they're they're dropping him. Cowboys to sign Tristan. Vizcaino to practice. Squad are they are campaign. they actually cutting him? I don't know. I they, they're gonna they're gonna he he's on the practice squad. They're gonna probably have them kick against one another, and whoever kicks better will probably. Start yeah, but you know him. what's
0: funny is, other than that game, he wasn't bad all year. He was fine. All he was pretty year. good. Yeah.
2: Oh, Tristan Vizcaino, who used to kick for the Chargers. That means he'll become a stud with another team. Perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. Isn't I mean, he a kid he, that was a well,
1: first-round draft pick or something?
2: No. Uh, yeah, uh, second-round pick. That was Roberto Aguayo for the Buccaneers, Tampa, 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 right? I mean, oh, yeah. The funny thing is they traded up for him, too. It wasn't just like their natural. He was supposed rough, to be like the I, next I, I actually, think. Uh, Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they trade with the Patriots to get that pick, too?
0: They, I, don't, I don't know if that's the case. But
2: I think it was dude, the Patriots. Dude, Roberto? Oh,
0: my God. How pretty is that? I mean, do you get any prettier than that? Trent? The game's I'm, over. Can I mean, stop? just beautiful. The game's over. Stop. Um... No, but you know what's funny? I was actually just talking to someone earlier about it. Dude, he literally might be the greatest college football kicker that ever lived. I think he only had like one miss in all four years when he was at Florida. Yeah, he missed like five five. straight
1: field goals in the NFL. No, I remember because they were saying –
2: they were saying Kai Forbath had the record. and I think he only had like three missed kicks and then he broke his
0: record. Like it was right. Right. Insane. But the but the, pro- but the problem with that is people don't realize, right? Like if you could name like, because I realize Chuck and is like a thing, right? But like, if you could name the top three things in all of sports that are most likely to get the yips, the top one is a golfer. They get the yipsy, sure. but the second one's probably a kicker. And yeah. maybe the third one is like a hockey goalie when all of a sudden just, they can never stop a puck and you just can't figure out why. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard to be a kicker. Once you get the yips and you get Rick Ankeld and, and right. you're just, you know, like, or Chuck Knobloch, like, how do you get out of that when you're a kicker? Mm-hmm.
2: No, it wasn't. It's with, just it wasn't there. With, it wasn't with the Patriots. It was with the Chiefs. But, yeah, he was a second-round pick. But uh, Sebastian Janikowski <clears throat> was a first-round pick in 2000 right, The Patriots. Did, the Patriots did have
0: Aguayo. It was either this year or last year. Oh, okay, they him in. that's what I'm thinking. Okay, yeah, they, right. no, they brought him in either this year or last year to try to see if it would work, and he's still... And, you know, i enough, you know, it's hilarious. He's a golf pro in Florida. Oh, that is funny. Yeah, yeah he, works the, he, that'll, works, that'll he works in the country club.
2: That'll be two ways to te- test the yips from the, from the, your logic. Kicker well, I mean, and golf all at once. Right, but that's the
0: thing. Like, no, the you're right, are though. just a thing. And yeah, even. The, the yips are... Any individualized position like that is going to be like that, or situation. Right, but there's just certain things that are worse than others. Like you know what I'm saying? Like a, like a kicker is one of those things where it's just like you can make a million kicks in a row, but you miss two or three in a row, and everyone just starts whispering, and then you're like questioning yourself, like, "Oh, what's going on here?" Right. You know, and and all of a sudden it just becomes, "How do I fix it?" And you have no idea. Mm-hmm. You know, but golf is definitely number Right, but I thought Mar was good all year. I didn't think he was bad. He all was right, tremendous so he this bad... year. He was one of the best kickers right. in the league this year. So we had one bad game. Are we killing a guy over one bad game? Is that what we're doing now? That mm. seems cr- Especially in a game where it didn't cost them anything. They still won the football game handily.
2: Mm. Well, we'll see if they get his confidence back if they do keep him for the next game. Because again, that, that'll be costly if they have to play the 49ers. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, that, I mean, that might be all they're able to do against the 49ers is kick field goals. No, they're I know that. It, it's going to be much
1: harder for them to score. So. See, I think the Cowboys are going to put up a good match against them. I really do. I don't know if they're going to win. Everybody keeps saying, what are you saying? They're going to win. I didn't say that. I said, it. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Cal- the Cowboys are in reach in the fourth quarter where they can win the game. Okay? I think the defense will play well. I think they'll put pressure on Brock. And uh, they, there could be an opening opportunity for them to be in the lead going into the fourth quarter. I, listen, I understand about San Francisco. I understand the ability that they have with McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. He was running and beating the hell out of the Seattle Seahawks the other day. They've got weapons. That's great. This defense, this Cowboy defense, is much better than Seattle's defense. It's not even close. So I, I expect them to be. It'll be closer. I think they'll put pressure and they'll be able to stop the run. I think they will with Van der Esch being healthy and 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 be able to play. You you saw what they did to the. Brady and the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running. I understand <clears throat> they have a, a center that wasn't 100% healthy. I understand that. But to have Vander Esch back, he was the best defensive player for the Cowboys last year in the playoffs. I expect him to to be a big part if they have any chance, any chance to beat San Francisco. I would be great. Could you imagine the Cowboys and the, the Giants in the NFC title game? Could you imagine that? Oh, that's
0: not gonna. That's not gonna. But happen. just Giants, <laughs> Giants had a nice win, but their run is now.
1: Oh, I think so too. It, it all depends. Depends on Jalen Hurts. It all de- and and Jeff. No you way, look-
0: their defense is immaculate. Oh like yeah, but exactly. I know. I, I, is- I think Jalen Hurts.
1: I think Jalen Hurts plays a big part of his health. And by the way, I would like you to call the show tomorrow so you can make your picks. But uh, it's interesting. I don't know if I have dinner tomorrow. Well, I don't know yet.
0: How was this week? Yeah, I mean, you know it's a kind of a Thursday <laughs> thing. We go out. We, you know, we had sushi. I like going to sushi. Sushi's fun. I don't know if you're a sushi person. I hate sushi. We got sushi. I like. got I like, a couple
1: of. I like steak. Really stuff good spots. Like that. Yeah,
0: I like. Steak. Yeah, we got a couple of really good sushi spots. So it's you know it's fun. You go and get some some nice sake, then you uh, go out for some cocktails afterwards. It's nice, you God, know.
1: I'm sure. Whatever. I'm sure you drink a lot of sake. <laughs>
0: oh, I'll throw it down,
1: brother. I'm sure you do. You know? Sake, that stuff is strong as hell, man. It's just wine, dude. I know, but if, I've seen people get effed
0: up on that thing, man. Yeah, well, it's 11 percent, dude. That's what wine is. That's you know, I mean, and you know, you probably hang out with Mongoloids who just you know just suck no, the no, 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 the they time. could drink.
1: Do- they could drink, man. They could drink. My friends could drink,
0: so it, it's.
1: <coughs> I've seen, I've seen them do it. I've seen them get effed up on it, man. It is, it's but I strong. thought it was a great, I thought it
0: was a great weekend of football. I loved it. I you was listen. hoping Brady was going to pull off, Brady was going to pull off the win, just because, you know, I, I like to watch the beef suffer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, yeah, you would have been ready win. to stick it to him. I know. But yeah, wait, didn't just, you say that the just, Errol? Didn't you say that the B picked the Bucks though? Anyway. Yes, he did. Oh, he did. <laughs> yeah, so yeah he he's he, well, confident. Well, this
0: anyway. is what he, well, but this is what he's doing now. Is he's doing the whole reverse psychology thing, where he's like everything that he does goes wrong. So if he picks against the Cowboys, then they have a chance, hmm. right? Like that's what. Well, I, I
2: did the same thing with the Giants, but I legitimately didn't think they were gonna win. Like uh...
0: I told you, they had a real shot to win. I told you they played I, them. Well, up, I knew the game would time. be close. I had I had it as a close game. <laughs> And Danny Jones is the player. I have no idea that what you guys have been complaining about the whole time. I have no idea what you guys. Me have been and you,
1: about the whole time. me and you, are the only ones that thought that that kid could be a franchise quarterback. Me and you are the only ones, and I say it, I say it proudly because I, I knew that kid was going to figure it out.
0: Speedy, all right, Speedy. I'll trade Joneses with you right now. Do you want Mac? I'll take Danny. Oh God, <laughs> I think anybody. would No, trade. I will pass. I,
1: I think anybody would trade for Daniel Jones right now. So
0: I, right, I. but... But this is how you know he's like a good quarterback, like a legitimately good quarterback. How many, how many, and, uh, you know, Speedy, you're the Giants fan. How many other quarterbacks would you rather have other than Daniel Jones?
1: Probably five. Are you taking,
0: are you taking, do you want Dak on your team other than Daniel Jones? That was injury history right five now. Five or six quarterbacks I would take over at Daniel Jones right now. Yeah, I mean, there's legit right. There's only legitimately, I don't know, maybe six or seven or eight. Right, probably that that based on age and durability. Yeah, right. Like, oh, like uh, you know, everyone's gonna go, oh, Josh Allen and Mahomes. Like, those are the obvious ones. We get it. But like, past the top guys, Daniel Jones has to be like. In the conversation second tier, like the next tier second of tier. players. Right,
2: and he's young and he's, and he's pretty durable. He had some injury issues his second year in the league, but that was really it. And
0: and not for nothing, like really low-key under the radar. Dude runs like a deer. It's unbelievable. And
2: he's great at protecting himself now, too, which was an issue in the beginning of his career. Sometimes he'd run recklessly and he fumbled a lot.
0: Now I, he's sliding I, and protecting himself. I don't want to do this because like, I hate people that compare things and I'm going to be one of the people that I hate. But if he's not basically the next Andrew Luck, who is? Hmm. Andrew Luck was sneaky with the running. Andrew Luck yeah, could actually run, run a bit. I don't know. Right? If, I, I don't know if he's as good as Andrew Luck, but he's good. He, he's no, gonna be good. Yeah. No, no, right, Andrew. But Andrew Luck also had the luxury of having, having weapons the entire time so far. Daniel Jones has had less than nothing. And now, you know, Barkley's back and I, I want to a couple s- more pieces to put around him. Mean, he could be really good. I want
1: to see Daniel Jones when the schedule gets hard next year because it's going to be harder for them next year. And, and they are going to add weapons. They're going to have to. They have money. They are going to get – now the question is how they – what kind of weapon are they going to bring in? There's not a right. lot of free agent guys. So they're going to have to make a trade for somebody if something is out there. Or maybe they draft somebody in the first round, which they could. And,
0: you know, and, and I'm going to compliment him. And, Speedy, I'm just going to tell you, screw you, Right. Because we both shot, but Kenny Galladay, amazing blocking yeah. for a wide receiver. in did, that game. I give him
1: credit for he did, that. He did. He, he blocked and he, he did his job. The question
0: is, is he going to be able to do it this week? You know? Well, a lot of wide receivers don't, though. A lot of wide receivers think they're just there to catch passes and that's it. And they don't do the little things. And Kenny Galladay, give him credit. He has certainly underperformed what they paid him, right? But he's still out there trying yeah, no, still out there is, doing the things.
2: Is. There's a lot of receivers that can't block, and then there's the Packers receivers where all they do is block and get away with blocking early, and should be called for more yo, penalties. Yo, you ever,
0: <laughs> yo, you ever seen Odell Beckham throw a block in your life ever? Uh, I think it no. was
2: first two years in the league, maybe, but that's a... no, yeah, never. I right, have, no. I, I have. There are
0: guys out there that just won't do it.
1: I have a feeling, and this is there's going to be at least two upsets this weekend. That's what I believe. Mm. I think there'll be at least two upsets in these
0: games. That's my I prediction. See, I, I'm I'm only throwing out one. The Jaguars. Yes. Yeah, I think I think that they have a shot. I think the rest of it's kind of chalk. I think the Bills are just a much better football team than I, the Bengals. I do
1: too. I do too. And I think the Bills are gonna. They. I think this is Josh Allen's year. There's just something about this year that I, I think they make the run to the Super Bowl. I, I and I, I think they win too.
0: I think they. And win. I know. And I know he wasn't there last week. I'm telling you Demar Hamlin's going to pop up at one of these games and wave a towel or a bildo or something yeah. and everyone's going to go nuts and it's just going to be a zoo in that place. They, that they they, he
1: believes he's going to play again next year. He's I gonna, told you that. Yeah, he believes it. He he he's Dude, Chris Pronger played? Yeah. I I mean, but this is a little bit more No,
0: it's the same thing. Chris Pronger's heart stopped when he took the puck to the chest. It's the same injury.
1: Yeah. By
0: the way, I met Chris Pronger
1: at the uh, the Devils, the, when the Devils lost the Stanley Cup. I met him. Did
0: he skate up to you at 70 miles an hour?
1: No, no, no. I, he wasn't playing. He was he was on the oh. ice when the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup. Kachuk was there. Brett Holt was there. Brett Holt was drunk, man. Oh, my God. He was. <laughs> As
0: he should be. Absolutely. The celebration 45
1: or whatever years and, and, in the and making. And it's so funny because I, I remember Ashley introduced me to him because he knows. Brett Holt was one of my favorite players growing up. I always loved Brett. So he introduced me to Brett. I shook his hand, and I'm like, "And I'm like, what's up, Brett? How are you? You know, and stuff like that." I, I don't care. I don't get starstruck. And he, he's like, "Hey, hey, hey. He, he, I don't even think he could pronounce his name." Okay, I, I, honestly, he was messed up. But uh, not nice. yeah, replaying
0: the McAvoy goal. How great is that?
1: Okay. Anyways, Jeff. Talk to you later, man.
0: What? All right, buddy. See ya.
1: Jeff from Tampa. Show's over. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow.
2: Uh, I just want to read uh, Ben's comment. Uh, ben, is, uh, shout out to him. Uh, just hung out with Goose Gossett at my him. friend's bar. That's an interesting experience. In Wisconsin?
0: Is I that guess where
2: so. See, that, that's where he lives. Arizona. Oh, no, he lives in Arizona. That's right. He lives in Arizona. No, you're
1: right. Hmm. Hmm. Good for him. I hope he had a fun time.
2: Yes. There you go, Ben.
1: Good job, Ben. <laughs> Did you get an autograph? Did you get a picture? Send us the picture, Benjamin. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you to our friend Riley Leonard. As always, fantastic. Uh, Speedy, write to him. Uh, tell him that we'll have him on soon before the season.
2: Definitely. Fantastic
1: kid. He really is a good kid, and I, I think he's an upcoming star. I, mm-hmm. I do. I believe it. I mm-hmm. hope he has a great year next year, and he really puts himself right there mm-hmm. you know, with the, the quality quarterbacks that could be available next year in the draft. I, I, it's hard to believe that if he's considered a late first-round, second-round draft pick, he decides to turn that down and play another year of college ball. I I can't see it. He's already getting. He's already looking at agencies. So, yeah. Uh, that means he sees something. So the people see something. And I I think he's a great kid. So um that's it. Uh, we will be back tomorrow 9 p.m. Who do we got?
2: Tomorrow, nine thirty, returning to the show. Elite Sports New York, NFL, and Giants writer and host of the Wide Right podcast, Ryan Honey, will be joining us again. Oh, Ryan Honey. And then at ten o'clock, we have former Jags, Broncos, and Cowboys defensive end Jeremy Mincey. I remember Jeremy. Us. And he also has a uh, he has a movie production company as well, Mr. Mince Productions.
1: So when's he going to hire us to be a part of his movies? We'll find out, I guess. I mean, Mr. Mince should be hiring us. I mean, I'd be a lead role in one of his movies. What do you want? Me, what do you want me to be? Ask him. Uh, I'm sure I'll, he has a role for a you. actor, you know what I mean. I'm sure.
2: I'm sure he. he give can, me something. Can, he could get a role for you.
1: I mean, give me something here. I mean, I, you know, I have a chance to be a part of one of your movies. Give me that little uh, mince. I don't even need money. I'll do it for free. Okay, <laughs> I'll do it free. If one of your movies and your production company takes it to you know one of those general opportunities to Toronto or something like that, where I could become a star, we are in. What's that? I'll send it in the A.M. Okay. Ben's got a picture, baby. All righty. Anyways, thank you to all you guys. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow at 9 p.m. Tune in. Until then, this is Sarah Marks, Speedy Petey, saying goodnight. We'll talk to you then. Goodnight.
0: It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.